D&D After Dark is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast starring three semi-professional actors and full-time parents. Previously on Dark Was the Night. Carl faced terrors on his walk home from his late supper. Street lamps winked out. An overwhelming dread overcame him, accompanied by the sounds of dripping water and heavy breathing. The morning of Friday, September 22nd, saw Jules visiting her doctor as she had coughed up blood. He let her know he was being strong-armed to pay protection insurance. Dynamic Inquiries acquired a new cleaning lady, Miss Anne Pearson. Mrs. Britton, the spiritualist, became a new client and invited the Dynamic Inquirers to a midnight seance Saturday night. Jimmy Pallets identified one of the dismembered bodies from the reading room as Dietrich Weingross, a Prussian dock worker. Jules tailed the suspicious Miss Pearson to market and intercepted a pickpocketing. Later at Scotland Yard, Jules interrogated the victim's daughter, Sloane Weingross. At the same time, Carl was investigating the Prussian Quarter. He found a letter condemning Prussian army deserters and followed leads to the boat graveyard where Dietrich and his drinking buddy Peter were last seen heading to. After discovering Peter's bloated seagull-pecked body, Carl was attacked by zombies, which vanished once he woke from his vision. Jules, also beset by twisted visions, accidentally twisted Jimmy's arm. Matthews, the alcoholic constable, knocked her unconscious. Carl confronted Matthews, paid her bill, took Jules home, and discovered a fresh letter, presumably from the killer. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Dark Was the Night. Carl. You hold in your hand the yellowed homemade parchment and the familiar crimson, lightly coppery smelling ink. Ugh. Once again, addressed simply to Mr. Carl Patrick and Miss Jules Walker. Miss sure. um, Pearson, after having directed your attention to the boast, um, has gone back into the kitchen on the first floor of your shared living quarters. Miss Pearson! Up! No! Dang it! Miss Pearson! Come! Coming! 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 When, when did this arrive? The, the post? When did this arrive? With the post! Thank you. I'm going to hold it up to Is the... Is there postage on it? Like a stamp and everything? Not quite. No, it's okay. just left. Cool. I'm going to hold this up to the light, whether we have a lamp or to the window, whichever is brighter. Okay. Um, at this point in time, it is uh, about 3.30 in the afternoon, so there still is some sunlight drifting through. However, you know, the, the haze of industrial London is starting to uh, swallow out the, the dying embers of the day um, on this, the 22nd of September. Mm -hmm. So, um, probably, uh, getting one of your oil lamps going would be the most, uh, sure. effective means of... I'll, I'll get that, get that running and use this to see what's, it, at least to, you know, mm -hmm. see if there's any weird stuff inside besides an, another letter. Great. Um, Jules, uh, I'm sure you do notice, uh, Carl getting a mite bit frantic, and perhaps you even are able to perceive... Uh, the source of his frustration, the envelope he holds in his hand. You light the oil lamp. Go ahead and give me an investigation check. Um, I'm going to slip down to the kitchen and tell Miss Pearson to bring in some tea 19. for Carl. Okay. 19? Oh, wow. You are, you're pretty good at these kind of checks, aren't mm -hmm. you? Well, I'm a detective. Sure. <laughs> With a 19, here's what you're able to discern. It is the same author. If the ink was not enough to assure that. Furthermore, there does not appear to be any additional contents that the light can indicate beyond 
a simple folded piece of parchment within this envelope. With a 19, you stretch your inner and outer eye, hoping to perceive in even the most minutia of differences to try and gain any additional hint. And with a 19, you are very, very close to picking up on a slight difference. Because you are merely one shy of this DC, I'm going to ask that age-old question, odds or evens? Odd. On the odd chance that we get it. That is a three. Woo! Boom! Sorry, that was loud. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite fine. The difference that you're able to pick up lies not with the parchment, lies not with the contents, is instead upon the black wax seal upon the back. Whereas before, the rigidity had suggested a a time period of two days, the slick nature of it, as even just the faintest bit of moisture and then running your fingertip across, does leave a little waxy residue. This wax has not had no more than maybe three hours of time to set. Which means one of two things. Either the author is within a three-hour time period. Uh, A three-hour... If he had immediately pressed and then sprinted, he would just barely be able to hand-deliver it, let alone make it to the post. So, if he did put it through the post, he might very well be within a 20-minute radius. If he hand-delivered it, that expands the scope a bit more, and it may be time to see if those thugs would be willing to start watching, to begin watching the front door rather than the various streets. Mm-hmm. Regardless, you have a little bit more information now than you did before. I don't wait for Miss Pearson. I, I, <clears throat> I'm assuming there's probably a kettle on anyway. Yeah, and I'll just throw a bag in and come back in and ha- and just set the tea in front of. Cool. You just throw a bag right in there. Yep. She she sets the sets the tea down. There, there's some sugar and some other oh, stuff I'm, in I'm there sure, too. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Set the tea down. Put put out my hand. <laughs> what for the tea or for the, the knife? The... Oh, oh for the knife. Sorry. <laughs> I set the tea down. Hand him the knife. Knife. Slit slit open the the sides okay. just the same way as I did before. Mm-hmm. Open. Slide out the the letter. Mm-hmm. As you pull out. The letter, you are more annoyed than dismayed to see that this individual, who clearly knows, if he knows you too, as well as to have things waiting for you with Inspector Robinson, or to even hand deliver things to your home itself, and with the way that you struggled before, this person clearly is toying with you, because once again it is written in Latin. Again. We should probably get a dictionary. Not a bad Is that a answer. thing? Can you get a dictionary this. that translates Latin into English? Yes. Great. This note says Semita coqui hominis pigri est ubi quares si conventum nostrum Esurias. Wait, wait. Semite co qui 
homines pigri est mm-hmm. hubi. Hubi, yep. Hubi, well, sorry. Quares. Quares si convent. Conventum. Conventum. Yep. Uh, nostra. Nostrum. Nostrum. Esurias. Esur. E-S-U-R-I-A-S. Oh, I'll Google that later to get the right one. But, um, okay. Uh, is this Google of which you speak? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It's the Jules is um, Jules is pacing, uh, which isn't super normal, but she's having um, a bit of a stressful day. A bit of a stressful <laughs> day. Uh, she's just coming off of this confrontation of trying to figure out uh, whether Jimmy had heard her call out her name, um, and then there's this letter. But she so she's trying to focus, but she's trying to. There's a lot of energy and angst going on, so she's pacing a little bit. Um, and after having delivered the tea, if you, are you are you guys sequestered now in your study with the door closed or is the door open? Uh, it's I, I haven't. I closed worried, it when I came no. in. You closed it. Never mind. Miss Pearson is not okay approaching um, because the door is closed. I'm gonna say. So you, you told me that you had ripped up half of the other note, right? Yeah. All right. In fact, probably I will. I will. As as you look up from the first letter and turn to look at me, I will pull out the, no, the no, half no, of the other it. letter. All right, bring the other letter. I have a letter. Uh, we need to. You have a letter. Yes, we need to get in the carriage now. We need to get to St. Paul's. We need to okay. get St. Paul's right now. Come. Uh, drink. Grab at least grab, some of that. I'm gonna take some of that. Grab my hat and right. and cane and. Um, as you take a swig, um, Jules, I want you to just go ahead and roll me a. Uh, what would be it? We're going to call this another culture check. So um, just make it a, a, a wisdom check for me. A wisdom check? You may add your charisma modifier as well. Oh, great. It's my culture check. 16. 16? Okay, never mind. The tea actually... I've not... made him enough cups of tea, okay? No, I'm so just merely... I'm, I'm going to just down my tea, get rush out the door um, to get a carriage to St. Paul's. Great. Um, as you uh, hail a cab, which luckily does not take very much... Um, it'll be uh, only a single sterling, uh, as it's not that great of a difference, di- distance between St. Paul's and 17 Shaftesbury Avenue, Soho. Um, you hop into the cabbage. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it! My cabbages. Carriage. Ah. Oh, I didn't oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> uh, you hop into the carriage, and within 12 minutes... You are once again before the. Uh... Okay. While we're in the car- while we're in the carriage, mm-hmm. I would like to compare the handwriting of my now sodden uh, Prussian letter, if it's still legible, Most certainly. to uh, the other two letters that I have. Great. Um, it's 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 another investigation. I will help. Most definitely. By holding one of the letters because he yes, doesn't have three I, hands. I like that. Either. That or investigation. Both of them are dirty twenty. Oh, okay. The ink is separate. I'm not separate. The ink is different in that it is black ink that was addressed to uh, Dietrich. The parchment is different, but with a dirty twenty. This could very well be the same hand. Hand is similar, like like the the curve mm. of the A and, and stuff is similar. Yes, yes. Awesome. Good. Okay, so I'm assuming also on this carriage ride, we will. I'll tell you what I learned in the interrogation. You'll tell me what you mm-hmm. learned. Which you learned a little bit more. You learned more about 
Dietrich than I did. Uh, yes, let's go back to that. Um, okay, so... I learned that he was in the Prussian army. Um, and they, they've I, and been here this. for four years. Um, he was a Victoria Dock Day laborer, which you figured out um, something about illegal papers I wrote down. I couldn't remember whether that was they were illegal or some of the stuff they were the, dealing the with. The boats that they were on were illegal. Okay. He was on illegal Because I just wrote boats. illegal papers. I didn't write whether it was them or the boats. Um, he was not well liked, mm -hmm. but he wasn't a gambler. Uh, didn't have any perceivable debt. It was four days ago that the note was on their doorstep. He read it and went pale. He left and was drinking at the pickled egg with his drinking pal, who you found. And I think that's all I had before. Part you know. yep. found part of him anyway. So well, the remaining. <laughs> we found the first part exactly. already. And so then I, I show the other half and tell you that uh, Dietrich was involved, was in the Prussian army, and this letter, which reads in English, uh, death to cowards when war calls, definitely is, in, in Prussian is leading to that. No, and as as we're heading along, I'm gonna be saying, the dismemberment of these bodies is similar to the Thames Torso murders. It's not quite uh, Raynham or Elizabeth Jackson or the Whitehall murders, but uh, uh, it's it's similar in, in that these severed bodies are we're not sure who's doing it. Whether this is surgical, it seems a surgical precision to have removed Dietrich's heart, and uh, or if this was at the butcher's. I, I want to assure you, I don't think at this time that this has anything to do with Jack the Ripper. No, it as isn't, it the, isn't. as these are men. Yeah, it isn't his ML. It's something closer to the uh, to the uh, Pynchon Street murders. I do bristle a bit at Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... <clears throat> London, these past decades, has seen quite a few of these... Gong. <sighs> Thank God. All right. Uh, quick. Can, can this carriage go any faster? Gong. Go as fast as I can, governor. Gong. Gong. Uh, you know that this bell is uh, that of a uh, funeral procession. Oh. Um, the uh, tonality and the time would indicate nothing more than um, a unprompted. Well, it's either a funeral or a baptism, as, as the bells would not be ringing out on a Friday like this at this particular time unless it were for a special occasion. Okay. And given playing the odds that you are between the two, unfortunately, a funeral does seem to be mm -hmm. more likely. Uh, however, luck is on your side, because as your carriage is pulling up, you do see um, uh, a series of uh, what are clear to be mourners um, in black apparel, finest finery, uh, holding a slatted box that looks to be uh, containing someone of middling income, perhaps a lesser lord, certainly someone who would not be from the lower bowers, um, boweries, as there is um, uh, intricate detail, though not really extraordinarily sturdily made. Uh, but the pallbearers are carrying out about a mid-sized coffin of uh, rather uh, wide arraignment. 
as the last of the mourners follow out with a uh, an older woman probably knocking on the doors of 80 uh, with a black veil across her face, uh, white hair done up in a tight bun and looking stonily after the uh, boxes. It's making the weights down the stairs of St. Paul. You see coming out behind her, uh, Father Monaghan laying a comforting hand upon her shoulder. Um, he's whispering something to her and... Uh, Give me either a perception check or an insight check. Ooh, I'm, still, I'm still just trying to get my heart rate down a little mm-hmm. bit. Incredible. That's a 27. 27. Um, which are you opting for? Um, let's do insight. Insight? Okay. Um, Father Monaghan is an open book to read at this point in time. He is acting in his duties as the... Uh, the head priest here at St. Paul's. Um, He's being sincerely comforting, though as he's whispering in her ear and patting her shoulder, the woman, the woman goes from kind of placid lack of emotion to minor distress as her eyes dart to, what, to Father Monaghan's lips as they move beneath his uh, great rushy salted-peppered beard. Mm-hmm. She looks calm again for a brief moment and then resigned before her eyes shoot open wide, dart over to my Father Monaghan once more and a look of resignation and acceptance comes over her face as she nods her head and follows down the stairs after the procession. As she passes the two of you, she looks into... Odds or evens? Evens. She looks into your eyes for a brief moment, and... She's not blind, but the cataracts that are starting to grow around the edges of her corneas are swallowing the pupils almost, leaving only pinpricks of light and recognition to bleed through. And in those pinpricks, you get nothing but desperation before she follows out to the procession. E nomine sempiritis patri in Latin. Mm-hmm. I don't speak Latin. Latin blessing. <laughs> oh, Patrick! Father. Uh, Miss Walker? Father. I have another translation that it needs oh. doing. It is time sensitive, Father, otherwise I wouldn't uh, interrupt your dealings. Please. Right then, come in, come in. Um, I'll. I'll get some of the other priests to take care of the cleanup, though I, I do like to take care of that kind of. This shouldn't no, take mo- more than a moment. No, no, I, no. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't even want to put on you in out of your don't think hospitality so. at all. Not another word, Patrick. Father, in. please. Time is of the essence. Then get in, boy. Good Lord, all right. Um, he uh is ushering you quickly uh, past the pews until he gets gets to his uh his little cloistered seminary. Uh, he immediately goes over to his desk and he says, I can't very well do any damn translating without these. 
and he picks up his glasses and uh, he says, all right, bring it over. He opens it and goes, oh, seems our Redding friend is uh, going to be a constant pen pal of yours. I hope not for too much longer, but yes. All right. Now if we catch him. All right. I know time is of the essence, boy, but I need to ask a question. Yes, Father. This first note, where did it lead you? To the reading room in the British, British Museum. Museum. Yes, I... Now, it's on my fault for not being clear with the questions. Is this ending in blood? Yes. yes. Damn it all. Father, forgive me. Right. Semita Kokiominis. Ah, he's a little self-righteous, this, this author of ours. Haunting the path of the slothful man's cook is where you should look if you hunger for our meeting. Right, haunting, haunt, haunting the path of the slothful man's cook is where you should look if you hunger for our meeting. Haunting the path of the slothful man's cook. The slothful man's cook? He's a... Is this something to do with the sins, perhaps? So I was thinking it's seven deadly sins, but let's see. The, the, the first one said... Dare to know broken children. Your end begins with a man with power. The second says death calls to cowards. Is power pride? Could be pride. Uh, is that a sin? Yes. That's a Pride. sin that we're all guilty of in now time and again, but uh, sloth. I'm, but I will admit that on Sunday mornings before services, I find myself... Death to cowards doesn't... That one's not... But that one wasn't addressed to us. So this might... Father, right, um, I think you're good. Slothful oh. man's cook. <laughs> well, as I said, I haven't been wearing these robes for so long, so... I still got some kinks to work out, as it were, and he smacks his bum leg as he does so. Right now, the only she's giving us all. She likes she likes Father Monahan. Um, hope you'll forgive an old man another sin at the moment. As this of... bloody work has me on edge. Yes. You see him go over for um, a uh, a bottle of wine, and he um, pops it open. And uh, he pours a glass, and he F goes... Father, out of curiosity, whose funeral was this? Oh! You're officiating at. Uh, it was uh, an old uh, war friend of mine, if I'm being completely honest. It was uh, Lieutenant Dansbury uh, of his uh, of Her Majesty's Imperial Army. We served in the Second Afghan War together, and that was, that was his procession. I was... Uh, I was Lieutenant who? Lieutenant Dansbury. Lieutenant Dansbury. Dansbury. Mm -hmm. Edwin. Edwin Dansbury. He was a good man. A bit... A bit of a gluttonous fool, if I'm being completely honest, but uh, he saved my life more than once. 
Is that his wife you're speaking to at the end? Yes. No. She seemed rather... Matilda. That lady, lady of Anthony seemed rather <sighs> upset. She just lost her husband of 60 years, so that'd be enough to uh, put anyone on edge. It's not very often that we get to spend as much blessed time with our loved ones as those two had. Harder still is it to be the one that's left behind. Um, Unfortunately, my words of comfort were not reaching home as readily as I had hoped. But once more, I, I'm not our I'm not our creator, nor do I know his ways, nor do I know the words to lessen a widow's pain. Well, it's possible that the words you say now will comfort her later. That's true. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jules. Slothful man. So it's a lot about cook and hunger. Haunting the cat. What a lazy man's cook. Ah. Ugh. Regardless, and he starts to pour himself uh, a small glass, no more than really than a, than a, shift, a snifter of uh, red wine. And he looks at the two of you and he goes, I don't suppose I could uh, tempt either of the two of you to brief toast to Lieutenant Dunsbury? Of course. Ah, God bless. Miss Walker? Shall shall not. Very well. It's been a rough day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he pulls out just two more EDB glasses and he pours the red and ends it each. And he goes, When you get before the gates of St. Peter, Edwin, Put in a good word for me. Hopefully I won't be needing that recommendation anytime soon. To Edwin. Um, Jules is going to sniff it before she drinks it. This oh, is a, totally. This is uh, an old habit. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, give me a survival check. Okay. Or a perception check, your choice. Uh, I'll do survival because that's the point. Okay. It's a, she almost feels bad when she does it, but... Oh, it's instinct. Uh, that is... 19. 19? Okay, you're getting very faint hints of, like, cherry. Um, nothing suspicious? Nothing. It's a, it's a Malbec. It's a okay, uh, it's great. a robust Malbec. <clears throat> she wasn't expecting anything suspicious, once yep. again? Just of course. Um, rather than sip it, uh, the good Father Monahan throws the entire sifter, much like a shot glass, mm-hmm. he throws the entire thing back. Is it is it good wine? It's it's fairly good wine. I will wine. enjoy it. Excellent. I, I will sip it down. I don't get really good wine very often. Yeah. And uh, you see him just kind of relax for a brief moment. He goes, oh, sweet Mary Joseph. I'm going to have another. Just just one more. <clears throat> you all will be my witness of just one more. And he'll sip this one. Oh, I'll tell you what, though. Nothing goes with a really, really good wine, like really, really bad food. Like, just absolutely terrible for you. Um, I might still have some... I might still have some of those jellied eels. Is a slothful man a man who's a drunk? Could be. That's what I was thinking, maybe Matthews, but... Confound it! You think Matthews is tied up in this? I don't know. I was trying to think if this person knows us well enough. Um, 
forgive my forgive an old man's memory. Is is Ellis is he still making the the, the rotations around um yeah. around Shaftesbury? Yeah, he, he is. is. Okay, he's got the best jelly deals, I think. That's what I hear. Huh. Well, when you don't have time to cook for yourself, nothing beats good old street food. So, I think if you don't need my translating services anymore, I'm going to go pull, get myself a nip. Of course. Great. Um, so feel free to uh, utilize the office. Oh, and before I forget, he goes over to his bookshelf and he pulls out two tomes. This is a lexicon. This is a dictionary. Use them if I'm not available, and time is of the essence. Thank you. Perfect, thanks. Great. All right, well, Godspeed, Mr. Patrick, Miss Walker. And he uh, he trusts you both absolutely implicitly um, and uh, leaves his, uh, his private office um, with oh. the simple instructions to lock up. Mm -hmm. Well, now that he's said that, about the the street food, um, I think um, we should go walk down whatever. What would be a good? Is that food the swathful man's cook? Is someone who someone doesn't, who doesn't cook, cook for, for themselves himself. needs to go to the to the street vendors. So, where are the best? Where, where's where's the like street foodie area? Well, um, like in London, pubs. there's lots of pubs and stuff and whatever. Yeah, but yeah. public houses and the, and the like. In London, it's you have you have your various different market squares, of course. Um, but if you are to try and find out where the highest congregation of uh, street vendors are, that is going to be a very very tall order, as the the greatest appeal of these mobile vendors is that short of celebrations, festivals, street fairs, and the like, they are mobile, mobile. and not often hanging around one such, one specific place. Well, it's haunting, haunting the, the path, right? So the path a route? Would it be a, a, a particular route? Let's go, um, let's find Ellis here. Find the thugs, see if, see where Ellis is now. Um, find Ellis and see what his regular route is. And then we should see if we can find uh, the path of these cooks. Right, so um, where would um, Old, Jack. Old Jack be? Old Jacks as you concoct your mental map of London, you would know that uh, Old Jack uh, makes his uh, his most common gathering of his uh, various children in uh, Green Park. If uh, Mayfair, Green Park um, of Mayfair, uh, in in the Mayfair district, uh, simply Green Park, uh, a stone's throw away from Hyde Park. 
not too far away. Okay. Not too far away at all. Okay, so let's um, <clears throat> let's get over to uh, Green Park. Okay. Um, it'll take another uh, shilling and two pennies to get to there, but if, if speed is what you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, in that case, uh, 3.45 is the time that occurs when you begin to roll up onto Green Park. Um, you do see that there are a few gatherings of small smatterings of families of various means. Some are flying some kites, enjoying these diminishing uh, warmth of now the uh, aft-gone summertime, though it is before the full transition of the season, so the parks still have, well, Green Park is still aptly named. <laughs> um, you find the small gathering of stones that lead to one of the underbridge lofts and the gussied up sewer entrances that is the resting place of the gathering of old Jack Stubbs. Is there a passcode or some sort of there's often knock that would be needed to There's often uh, depending on which lamppost from which direction you're approaching as there are four points on the compass, there are four lampposts that stand easily about 400 yards away this from this This probably entrance. my jam, because I, I do thieves camp. This, yeah. is, this is you. Oh. Mm-hmm. And there is a daily uh, exchange that one must do with uh, one of the four lampposts, else a signal is passed along and the thugs all clear out. This is how they've been avoiding uh, truant officers. This is how they've been avoiding... Uh, workhouse uh, employers, and I put heavy quotations around that. Yeah. And this is how they avoid the bobbies whenever they come about due to some misplaced funds that might have found their way into the numerous pickpockets of old Jack's thugs. So, Jules, due to your background and due to the conversational skills you have with those of London's underbelly, it I just realized something. It's fine. Let's keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, we'll do this first. Okay, fantastic. Uh, you see underneath one of the, uh, at this point in time, it would be the, the northern lamppost to the entrance. You see a, a small, probably no more than six or seven year old girl. Uh-huh. Um, dirty blonde hair in two low ponytails. Uh, very simple, simple uh, gingham, gingham dress uh, with a pair of white chalk, and she appears to be holding just this small slate. And there's a news cap on the ground that does have a couple of smatterings of pence and the occasional shilling dropped in there as uh-huh. well. And you see her just kind of humming to herself as she's drawing, stops what she does, and starts drawing again. And she looks up. Big blue eyes as she sees the duo approach with you taking the lead. Um, I'm going to see if she knows you. Okay. Hmm. You have seen her before. This okay. is uh, little Lucy. Little Lucy. Yep. Um, Lucy Lamb is what she prefers, but oh. because she she is not little, she is turning seven. Next month, that is not little. <laughs> She's six. Yeah. And as she is just kind of twiddling her feet together with her uh, chalkboard, 
She looks up and she lights up and she goes, Miss Jules! Hey, Lou. <laughs> uh, penny for your drawing. Yeah. Hold still. I will hold still and Thanks, give son. her a penny. Yeah. And she... I'll give her two. Oh. She draws you out and she turns it around. For a six-year-old? Sorry, for a nearly seven-year-old. <laughs> um, it is... Penny's copper, right? Yes, correct. It is... Uh, fair, it is very clearly you. Like, it is still very childlike in some ways, but yeah. for the for some odd reason, the eyes. She's definitely captured the shape and a little bit of the uh-huh. under under eyes, bags, uh, the general shape of the face. The, sh- the face itself is truly more detailed than uh, a six-year-old has any right drawing the the rest of it is is fairly childish uh-huh. as it's mostly scribbles and right. little accent lines here and there but she turns and she says and would you change anything about it um not a thing uh, and you see her uh giggle she goes right then um follow me <laughs> um and she just kind of Picks up the little the little hat and she goes, two pa- Thank you, Miss Jules. You're getting good, Lou. <laughs> You're too kind. Next stop, the great art college where li- um not little where Lucy Lamb will be the most <laughs> featured artist in all of Queen Victoria's England. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Mr. Patrick. Miss <laughs> Lamb. Uh, she skips merrily on ahead, um, kind of, uh, banging certain, uh, lampposts and certain, uh, bench metals along the way in a oddly rhythmic manner. Mm-hmm. Um, you see her stop right before she gets to one of them and goes, you know, uh, clang, 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 clang. <laughs> And you just hear up. Point of clarification. Old Jack's Thugs is the name of the gang. Is there an old Jack? Yeah, he's 12. Okay, okay. thank you. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't quite remember. So, from under the bridge, you hear, Damn it, Lucy! It's clang, 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 clang. Not clang, 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 clang. And coming out from underneath the bridge, uh, in his uh, slicked back hair, uh, a, a white button down that is uh, all the way to the top, and a almost immaculate uh, black velvet doublet, uh, is young ja- uh, old Jack himself, standing super super tall at uh, a solid four feet, um, and you see that he's in the middle of. Spit shining one of his own shoes mm-hmm. as he makes his way up. He still has a massive hole in the side mm-hmm. on the side of his left uh, left leg of the trousers, but aside from that, he's he presents himself as a leader should, and that is taking pride in his appearance. He comes up to the two of you and goes, "All right, back to your post then." But Jack, she gave me two pennies. Can't can I take a break? Listen, you tell anyone I gave you a break and I'll have you pulling double duty for two weeks. 
So is that a yes? <laughs> Cuffs her upside the head. Get out of here. Right. Bye, Jack. Bye, Lou. And she looks back at me all week at her. She most certainly does. Great. Business looks good, good Jack. Ah, business has been profitable as of late, Mr. Patrick. Now then, what can me and my enterprise do for you today? Well, there's a bit of a slight change. I'll need uh, my surveillance uh, a bit tighter on the front door or receiving messages. Oh. Uh, need to see who is dropping them off. And um, also, wondering about Ellis's route. See, how, a little how, bit of drool yeah. start to make his way down his... Did Spiker uh, uh, bring you any of those jelly deals, or did she eat them all herself? I'm sorry. Spiker had jelly deals from Ellis's cart. No. Oh, Pat, no. Just... <laughs> he just made a massive mistake. <laughs> oh. Oh. <coughs> Thank you, Mr. Patrick. No, no, she did not share them with Jules me. Jules is going to give Pat a look like that she's going to pay for that later. Yeah, she's going to pay for, you know, trying to pickpocket me. She, she, needs, right. a, she needs a good cuffing and follow, follow the rules. Oh, boy. Um, right, well, um, do you want, uh, do you want, you know, my typical services, or do you want to upgrade to the, uh, the more, um, the more strenuous, the more, the more, uh, as the French would say, sherry package? Uh, what? Sherry? Sherry? That's good. What's, That's good. what's That's the, good uh, thanks, Jules. What's the price difference? The price difference is that it's starting to get a wee bit nippy out here. And I have a couple of young'uns who are not taking the change very well. And if you could take a look at a couple of them, I would uh, I would consider the next week uh, on the house. Um, on, that, on that note, actually, um, Jack... I have a friend um, who's a doctor. Hmm. And um, Is he an actual doctor or is he more like this one? He's an actual doctor. Ah. Um, his name's Doctor. <laughs> now I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is he's practicing medicine. That's all I mean. He's, he's currently practicing medicine. Are you currently practicing medicine? No, you're a detective. Is that a bad thing? No. Jack. Dear um. listener, <laughs> if you could see the look on Carl's face at this moment. It's savage. It is so savage. As Jules is undermining this next week's free <laughs> surveillance if I just help with some of these kids. By saying, oh, there's a doctor who needs your help and he'd be really easy to talk to and he'll help you with your consumption and all this. Yeah, uh-huh. Great. Your thing is still going to work. Just hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he, he, his office is in uh, Shoreditch. Oh, it's, um, it's a bit of a hike, but um, he's, uh, he's open to um, seeing those who are a little bit down on the luck. Um, he has been. Here's the thing. Uh, he's in danger of not being a thing anymore. Um, ah, yeah. Someone is trying to strong arm him into... Paying for protection. Right. Um, Miss Walker, uh, are you suggesting I employ my thugs to counteract 
some actual big ones threats? No, I'm suggesting that perhaps you send someone up there every once in a while to look and see if you can figure out who is. Ah. And if you help out, I'm sure the doctor might be able to help you. What's his name? Dr. Albie Thomas. Albie Thomas in Shoreditch. I'll remember it. Uh, if I got the ice to spare, I'll see if I can get a couple of uh, couple of limbs up there. That being said, that's a ways down. Obviously, this is a more immediate solution for who's what? struggling. Well, so it doesn't have to have multiple options. It might drive the bargaining price up later. So uh, thanks for the tip, Jules. Um, yes, thank you, Jules. <laughs> Very good. Um, right then, um, do you want to do a house call or shall we uh, send them your way, perhaps in some more uh, discreet manners? Uh, house call's fine. Um, Thank you, Patrick. Um, well, shall we walk and talk in my office then? Yes. Great. Uh, Miss Jules, you're of course welcome as well. And he starts to uh, head down the grassy knoll to uh, one of the undersides of the bridge. Uh, there in the uh, concrete, you see uh, one of the sewer uh, drains have been strong-armed into a slightly wider opening than one might anticipate. Goes, make sure you hold your breath now. It's um, it's just the threshold that uh, really kind of concentrates the uh, the entire. It smells like shite, but just just get past it and you're fine. Um, sure enough, you. Oh, wow! He's not he's not kidding. Like this is a dirty city, but this takes it to a whole whole new level. Patrick, your medical mind is immediately mm-hmm. going to, goodness gracious, if they're staying in these kind of places, if there's yeah. any kind of open infection, like this this could be respiratory issues, this could be, if there's open wounds, then there's, and there's sepsis and thing. All, it's yeah. non-stop. Jules, it, it's just unpleasant. Like it's a necessity, it's, you, under, you understand it's a necessity, but that does not mitigate how abhorrent these conditions are, so. But, as you get about 20 yards in, as is known to you, you start to see uh, some oil lamps that have been crudely smashed into a wall, and heavy drapes and carpets begin to uh, pad the way on the stone. Um, They've actually constructed themselves a a fairly nice nest. There's uh, some discarded tables and bed frames, uh, plenty of different straw piles, lots of different blankets... Um, a uh, shelving unit that ha- seems to be having some bottled and canned, clear canned goods. Uh, and currently on two of these cots uh, side by side are um, children of lambs, Lucy Lambs age. How many kids? Uh, inside the quarters at the moment. Oh, that, that are ill and need help? Just two. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Carl, me, Carl, and uh, this one's Sarah. Siblings. Their folks uh, passed in the last fever that came through, and they caught it too, but they were able to pull through. Parents weren't as lucky, and uh, they found their way to us, and, well, they've got the, they've got the makings of good thugs. Good thugs. As long as they get better, everyone is staying in their keep. Um, I'm gonna say, just want you to get uh, 
Alice's root from Jack, and I'll I'll tend to this. Yeah, I might, I might have some uh, charts and drawings that I can help help with. Uh, if not, I'll just write down the directions. I, I know most of the streets he operates on. Alice is a bit of a local favorite, so right this way, Miss Jules. Okay. Um, and he basically is going to draw out a crude uh, sketch of crossing the Waterloo Bridge. Okay, hold on. Yep. All the way down to Waterloo Station. Then crossing through the central thoroughfare of Southwark. Southwark. Central thoroughfare? Yep. He did. Ellis does not go down any lanes in Southwark. He stays to the central thoroughfare. Um, makes his way back up Blackfriars Bridge. Cuts down... Um, sorry, trying to find my. That's fine. Cuts down Kensington Street. Okay. Then Middleton Street. To St. Giles Square. And then usually goes home to Bloomsbury at the end of the day. Okay. And then wakes up the next morning and does it all over again. Patrick. I'm going to take out my torch and I'm going to, uh, you know, after, so I'm, first I'll do a medicine check. Um, with that to see if I can figure out what is ailing them, ask them, you know, what their mm -hmm. symptoms are. Um, Carl seems to be a bit in better shape than Sarah. Mm -hmm. uh, Carl's clearly the, the elder of the two siblings. Um, and uh, he is lucid. Sarah, not so much. Okay. Um, so I'm going uh, to turn on the, like, a stick out your tongue. Right. Now, I'm gonna sort of feel the forehead, look at stuff. Say, tell me what what do you uh, what are you and your sister feeling? What's the what's happening? Our throats. Right. Our throats really hurt. And um, Sarah keeps talking nonsense whenever she's actually awake. And uh, I'll admit, it's it's hard to get to sleep. Awesome. It's like my head hurts all the time, and when I do sleep, it's just it's it's nothing but nightmares, and it's terrible. I, I don't I don't like it, but I, I really don't like it for Sarah. She's she used to at least. And he kind of looks over at his sister. She used to at least move around in her sleep 
I could tell when she was having a nightmare then, but now she's just... She's like that more often than not. Um, I'm going to... Uh, you know, uh, administer to both of them and say, uh, I'm not a doctor, but... And do um, two cure wounds on them. Okay. Um, and... Uh, so I will, um, from my collection of, of tinctures and stuff, yep. I'm going to mix together a little bit of, um, uh, sort of a pain, a pain reliever, try to get a fever reducer mm -hmm. and, uh, with enough alcohol to knock them out. Right. Um, so I'm also going to, uh, cast sleep as well. Mm -hmm. So we've got. Um, cure wounds on both of them and asleep on their region, so it should help them to to get knocked out. Okay, and, great. And have um, some of that. So as you're giving Carl mm -hmm. the, the 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 necessary amount of alcohol just to yep. to kind of knock him not out, but just to ease him into this. Yeah. Um, you see uh, him begin to take a step when he just kind of makes this small spastic mo movement and he just clutches his head. Ah! Oh! It hurts. It hurts. Oh, oh Mom. Uh, mommy. Daddy. What? Oh. He, he looks like he's in a lot of pain. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit on the bed and I'm going to hold him. Okay. Um, you just uh, pull him into your arms. He's, he's soaked yeah. with sweat. Yeah. Um, his hair is damp and uh, the, the perspiration is coming profusely down his head now. Um, and you do hear the whimpering start to get a little bit less but then he almost starts to just kind of convulse a little bit in your arms. Um, his head starts to lull back a little bit. He's making a bit of a... Okay, um, I'm going to put him on his side and, and pat him so he's not going to do that. I'm going to look for anything I can put, you know, uh, you know, try to make it so he mm -hmm. doesn't choke on his vomit, mm -hmm. prop him up this way, pillow type thing. Um... You, you're able to find out without you're just grabbing pillows and propping him up and uh, you get a, a strange one of those discarded buckets probably a chamber pot to his side uh, in just enough time for <coughs> and this black paste chunky ichor ejects from his mouth into the bucket and he immediately just seems very relieved. Oh. It's, it's a bit better. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit better, Mr. Patrick. Ow. Oh. Staring at you. 
frozen in a expression of mild relief. Eyes watered and a single teardrop of relief seems frozen on his face as he's just looking at you. Strange squelching, squishing, wet, tendril sound. In the bucket that we just threw up in. Mm-hmm. Oh, you slowly look towards the bucket and you see long, slimy, black tendrils oh, begin awful. to curl over the bucket. Okay. Give me a sanity check. Yeah. Uh, 24. Oh, so low. you are you are very good. Super low. The bucket opening, well, once was just a simple shallow metal vessel of various refuse. Now it just seems to be this inky black void with naught but the smallest peaks of tendrils peeking over. Do you look at the bucket? Uh, yeah. (laughs) As you are looking at the tendrils, the holding the abyss, little yellow dots of light begin to erupt deep, deep, deep within the recesses of the bucket, farther, far beyond what the natural physical limitations of this bucket should hold. This is no longer a mere pail. This is a window and something is looking back. Truth seeker. space. Is anybody else frozen? Jules and Jack seem to be conversing, pointing over a piece of paper. Um, and I've looked around, I look back at the bucket. Still the tendrils oh, in the gosh. eyes. That's weird. Um, back at Carl. Still looking at you. Um, I'm truth seeker. Stand and uh, sort of walk uh, away a little bit and kind of rub my forehead. Okay. As you turn around and walk away, are you walking towards Jules or are you walking towards the exit? Uh, towards Jules. Okay. You're walking. 
but somehow she's getting farther away and farther away she's not moving at all she and old Jack are still talking Do you look back? Yep. The pail is gone. The wall is gone. There's nothing now more than the cot and young Carl, who is now sitting upright and looking at you, though his eyes are now yellow with a horizontal slit pupil with a green, viscous, cloudy-like liquid surrounding the pupils. He opens his mouth and he goes, Truth Seeker, look for the signs of my coming. Uh, okay, so now I'm gonna just go. Why should I... Why should I seek you out? You are one who values the truth above all else hand in hand with justice. But your mind sees beyond. In that truth Who are you? Carl smiles. And he goes, Our names will be known soon enough. We will be watching. Do not disappoint. Explosion. <laughs> a black ichor erupts from behind Carl and begins to completely enshroud you. The second I look down. Give me a sanity check. <sighs> Incredible. That's a 14. Okay. 
Super same, guys. Ah! Super same. Oh, ha, 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 badoom tish. Um, though you um, are able to just steal your nerves, uh, you throw up your arm and you uh, grab your cane, preparing yourself to defend yourself. But as you whip your arms away, Carl has just finished. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Carl. Just drink this. You didn't even throw up the whole thing? Awesome. Okay. Uh, yes. Drink, um, drink that. Um, make sure your sister drinks as well. Um, hey. Right. He's got me. Gonna, gonna look it's at, a problem. I'm gonna look yeah. at Carl again. He sees you looking at him, uh-huh. and it's very different. Just roll the 19 on that side. <laughs> and he just kind of gets this little perplexed look in his eye, and he goes, Mr. Patrick, yeah. have I got something on my face? No, um, there's nothing. Um, get, get some rest, Carl. You'll, uh... I'll try. You'll, you'll feel better. With, with, with that and uh, and some plenty of rest, you'll be fine. Uh, also, get some fresh air if you can. Sleep, right. Sleeping down here before you're strong enough isn't going to help. Thank you. Jules, you have received the relevant information. Uh, why don't you give me a insight check? Okay. Or perception check, your choice. I'll do perception. That's an eight. Okay. I'm just excited that you have the information for Patrick. You don't pick up on anything. Thank you, Jax. Um, Carl and Sarah should be feeling much better soon. Oh. Uh, they just need more rest, and I've left uh, some medicine for them to take. Well, um, thank you, Mr. Patrick. Um, would uh, Butterfingers and Spiker be sufficient for your uh, request or do you want me to get some more thugs on it? It should be fine. Alright. I'll tell them to uh, cool their eels over by uh, 17. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Of course. It's always a pleasure doing the business with both of you. And uh, stay safe out there. Right. Once we uh, emerge, I'm going to say... Um, sorry, question. Yeah. Does Jules know about your disgraced medical past? Um, don't know I about mean, the disgrace. I you, you know that I have medical, medical training. Training, you know that. Right, okay, so like, okay. Because I, d- I didn't think I knew, I just knew that like you had done some medical training, mm-hmm. but you didn't end up doing it. So mm-hmm. like, I didn't have any reason to think you would be super offended by my saying you're not a doctor, because you're not. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, you know, we were... That was a really great bargaining chip. Me being able to <laughs> provide medical. It's still good. Help, and then you introduced another <laughs> competitor into that situation. So, yeah. Oh, but the idea of being this is someone they can go to when there's something you can't do. But also, someone that needs our help and we need help watching his place. Anywho, you leave Old Jack's headquarters. Um. And uh, once we once we get 
far enough away from these pickpockets. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, right, I need to stop up at the bank and um, um, start thinking about, uh, you, you have the path, you have Ellis's path. Uh, we should also check in with Big Mouth if anyone knows. Big Mouth. Food. It's him. Which means that after going to the bank, we need to get something for him. Then we definitely need to go to the bank. If we're getting something for Big Mouth. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you all, um... Right. Uh... <laughs> you go to the Bank of London. You turn in Miss Britton's banknote. Receive 20 pounds. You get 10, I get 10. Okay. I will not complain about that. Yep. Oh, that's right. I need to change the music. Emily's favorite. I like this one a lot. Now that you have uh, done your good deed for the day in exchange for a little extra surveillance, and with your pockets a little heavier with those beautiful banknotes, though, of course, going against your own advice to uh, Miss Pearson of uh, never caring more than... Well, there's a difference between need. leaving the bank. We haven't had a chance to go back home yet. I know. I'm, DM. Giving, you, I'm giving you flack just because I can. That's true. Uh, you do know that uh, Big Mouth... I have to look up where I put Big Mouth. Oh, right. You know that uh, Big Mouth hangs out in the uh, Old Ford district. Uh, right near Victoria, uh, between Victoria Park and... Old Ford, uh, you said? Yep, Old Ford. Uh, it's, uh, just south of Hackney. Um, it is north east of St. Paul's by a fair stretch. You're going to be passing through a couple different boroughs. So, if you wish to get there before... If you wish to get there before six, you're going to need to uh, get another carriage, and it's going to be a little pricey, but nothing too bad. Well, we'll do that. Okay. Uh, but where are you going to go first to... Somewhere along the way, probably. Okay. Um, somewhere along the way, Miss Hasmith's uh, meat pie I, shop. Meat pie's really good. Okay, let's get him a meat pie. That, he would like that a lot, probably, actually. Um, as we're going down the sa down the road that uh, I went down last night, mm -hmm. is that on Ellis's path? St. Giles Square, right, is where Miss Hasmet. Mm -hmm. um, it is not directly. Um, you're taking. If you were to go along the the river uh, on the strand on Strand Street, um, that would be the exact street that you were on when the lamp lights were going out from that night. But uh, it is not the most direct route. I was wondering if that would, you know, if that was that spooky situation that happened. Yeah. That might have been the path, but maybe not. Yeah. Ellis Ellis does go through there when he's approaching Waterloo Bridge. Mm -hmm. 
um, but he doesn't walk along the entirety of that street as as you had okay. uh, the night previous. All right, so we'll go back to me. All right, so how much for the carriage and how much for the meat guy? So for the uh, carriage to go to St. Giles and then to go uh, south of Hackney to Old Ford, that is going to be roughly about six shillings. Uh, for the meat pie... I'll do that, I'll do that. For the meat pie, um, it'll be about uh, seven pennies. Wait, it's not... Wait, D&D Beyond. There we go. Good. You have the perfect warlock. Equipment and supplies. Mm-hmm. What? Got the perfect warlock. Oh, beyond. gotcha. Yes. Sorry, seven pennies is what you said for the Seven meat pennies pie? for the meat pie. You're getting the extra, extra, extra yeah, yeah, large. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. The, extra the Three Kings inside. is the name of this pie. Sweet. Yeah, All right, so... It comes so... with its own little extra tub of gravy. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so we'll take that to, uh, we'll take that to go. Great. Uh, it is knocking on the door of 6.15 when you uh, begin to roll up into Old Ford. And you know that uh, as you are approaching supper time, there's going to really going to be... Uh, only one place where Big Mouth is going to be, and that is at the uh, the Voracious Hog, a uh, low end uh, dinner club that serves the the middling range of economic individuals who perhaps care less about the quality and more about the quantity. Hog. Big mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you enter the familiar threshold of the voracious hog, um, you are greeted by a uh, tilted bowler hat, pick in the mouth. The porter, who doubles as uh, minor security, openly wearing his, uh, his dual-holstered pistols, Dinner jacket, completely discarded. This uh, is um, Bigsby. Um, Bowler Bigsby. Bowler Bigsby. Yeah. Uh, he is fast hand with throwing a fist and fairly fast with drawing a gun as well and is employed by many of the lower kingpins as just a, a floating enforcer, if you will. Okay. He's there to discourage the bobbies, but also to make sure that everyone plays nice when attending the dinner club. Uh, he sees the two so of you. So he works for the dinner club? He, tonight. Tonight, okay. exactly. Tonight he does. Uh, enough of the uh, patrons inside would feast better and thus be more willing to pay for the added security that uh, Bowler Bigsby provides. Sure. Uh, let's see... I'm trying to make a decision. <laughs> so he's got one grossly swollen ear uh-huh. uh, from an old boxing match that went horribly wrong. Uh, his nose has been broken at least twice. He's got hazel eyes with a big, thick, uh, bushy eyebrows, kind of like that strawberry blonde color. The hair is shaved, um whether to conceal the fact that he is balding at the uh, ripe old age of 32 or whether he is 
simply a fan of not providing anything to be tugged on. And on top of everything else, a verdant green uh, bow tie sits affixed in the middle of his white collared shirt. As he's just polishing the handle of one of his revolvers, he looks up and he uh, takes the pick out, swirls it around a little bit, looking between the two of you, puts it back in, smiles, and he goes, Well, I trust you're not here to uh, engage in any arrests. Otherwise, we'd be having a problem, wouldn't we? Nope, Bigsby's just here to talk to Big Mouth, if he's in. Of course he's in. It's near supper time. That's what we thought. Yeah. Patrick! Liked the work you did last week, mate. Putting those, uh, those, uh, shysters away. Trust me, the man who's hanging tomorrow... He cheated at me at cards three different times. If you didn't get to him, I would have. Well, I'm glad you didn't, Bigsby. Otherwise, you might be the one hanging. <laughs> uh, you see him just kind of chuckle and then immediately go to one, and it's halfway pulled out as he's just staring at you. I'm but... also. Oh, you're also pulling? Uh, as, as, he, as he draws, he's like... And he it just immediately starts laughing, takes his hands away, comes over, gives you a big old slap on the back, mm -hmm. starts to go to you, Jules, and he goes, ah, no, I remember what happened last time. <laughs> um, Good boy. <laughs> hey, you can teach a dog new tricks. No, dog's here yet. Ain't that right, Greybeard? That's right. Got a little, got a little scruff. Aren't you going to pick up your, 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 your obby here, a new, a new razor? Yeah, well, that's his business. Fine. Anyway, you know the rules. No mentioning of other kinds of uh, occupational hazards. No asking anything direct about any other patrons that are in here. And lastly, but not least, let's just try to keep it brief as your reputation does precede you just a bit. So, short, sweet, to the point. Don't delve too deep, and we can all stay friends. Sound good? Works for me. Peachy. Oh. Oh. Oh, to be a kingpin and to have doggy doors delivered right to you. I mean, doggy bags delivered right to you. Damn, that's good. All right, well, I would, I would say save me a slice, but we both know there's not going to be anything there left. Be anything left. That would be entirely up to him, and you yeah. know how he is. <laughs> Oh, this way, he uh, walks you past a few uh, various uh, closed doors. Um, a couple of them are partially open, and you see that some indeed are enjoying a private uh, dinner already. Some of them are enjoying less food-oriented activities. Um, Carl, give me a perception check. Scent-based. Not too good. That's only an 11. Okay, well, it was only a DC-10, so... As you are walking past a particular door, uh, a new scent, new in that you've only encountered it for the first time recently, and not quite in this strong of a concentrated odor. Someone's drink someone smoking Dragon Haze? Someone's smoking Dragon Haze. Oh. <sighs> Jules, 
you know that uh, Big Mouth enjoys uh, Unlucky Number 13, as it is the closest to the back exit of the Voracious Hog. Uh-huh. Um, and it is one of the more uh, wider doors. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, you go in just in time as two men are leaving with uh, some empty plates stacked on a uh, roller cart. Um, and one of them is almost like nursing his hand a little bit. And he said, look, I told you, when he's working on a plate, you don't take it away from him. <laughs> um, and they're <laughs> guided, ushered past the kitchen. They, they see uh, Bowler Bigsby and they ah! and scatter away even faster. Uh, as you share a look before going in, you just hear the... <laughs> Where's the plum pudding? Where's my bloody plum pudding? And uh, Bigsby just uh, kind of leans back a little and says, Well, uh, look, friends, I'm not saying there's a timer, but once again, just be quick. And he goes back to the foyer of the voracious hog. Okay. Uh, so I'll just sort of slide right in okay. and slide the pie right in front of him and sit. Okay, uh, so the pie, you do like this cool little like unveil and and it just kind of slides on this long curved uh, dining apparatus table. Uh, Big Mouth. Big Mouth suits his name. <laughs> and there's no other way to put it. The man, think Vernon Dursley. Without the mustache, uh, with uh, uh, a mo haircut that barely fits the top of his head. Um, how he gets from point A to point B, because there's no way he's getting to point Z, uh, is beyond any kind of comprehension. I mean, medically, this man should be dead. There, there, there is nothing. His arteries must be clogged so full of fat that it's a wonder that his heart is able to get blood going absolutely anywhere. You can see uh, what's normal is that there's a little discoloration around his pupils where the fat pustules are literally starting to leak out of his pores. He is constantly sweating, and uh, there's uh, a almost ever-present Santa-esque glow uh-huh. on his cheeks and nose, whether it be from uh, a dinner brandy or whether it just be from lack of circulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge, pudgy hands with rolls upon the fingers themselves smash into mashed potatoes, uh, sans any sort of uh, serving utensil and just getting stuffed in his gob. Uh, he wears a large uh, cloth apron over a clearly personally tailored suit that is featuring nothing but horizontal stripes. He does not like, or sorry, vertical stripes. He does not like horizontal stripes. They are very unflattering on him. Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) And there is a stack of chicken bones, Cornish game hens, and an entire hog skeleton off to one side as he is just pounding into these mashed potatoes, uh, candied cherries, um, uh, some... Uh, various other uh, mint jelly and a, a rack of lamb are also within a hand's reach. And when he sees that meat pie slide in front of him, he goes, 
What? Wait, don't tell me. Giles Square. Hasbits pies? Give him a nod. You have a good nose. <laughs> Best nose in London. And anyone who says you're the wise is a damn liar. <laughs> well, uh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> Oh, better than sex that is. Oh, oh, Jules, be a be a, be a lamb and uh, toss me the uh, toss me my lager. Surprisingly dexterous for a man of his size. Surprisingly dexterous. When it's food, there is no wasted movement whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, froth raining down, uh, drenching into his uh, his little eating apron. Get the poop bucket ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that just bought you ten minutes of my time. Uh, Pat, the letter. Right. Um. So I'm just going to give him. Well, uh, I'll just. Okay. All right. Is the thing. Somebody's killing people. What's new? What? What's new? What's new? Uh, what's new is he's sending us letters with riddles. Riddles. Leading us to the bodies. Oh. Here's here's the latest riddle. Haunting the path of the slough. Man's cook is where you should look if you hunger for our meeting. Mm. You know food. Slothful man's cook. Well, I've been called many things in my life, and uh, slothful would number among them. Gluttonous, another. Greedy. Hungry, more often than not. Slothful man's cook. Well, any man who doesn't cook for himself is said to be a slothful man, so that doesn't narrow it down that much. But the path, the path of the slothful man's cook. That's interesting. That's really interesting. He's going to make an intelligence check. Oh, dang, I'm rolling well tonight. <laughs> In this case, that's served us well. To come to a club like this, at least for a man of my stature, uh, does call for a surprisingly a large amount of energy, or, you know, money one way or the other. So, it's not a dinner club. You gotta get gussied up, you gotta pay for the entrance fee, you gotta actually get through the door, you know? It's a, it's a premeditated, deliberate, non-slothful action. I think you're looking for a street vendor. You're on the go. Right, so we, um, we already looked into Old Alice's cart. Ah! Great jelly deals. Mm -hmm. But didn't know if there was perhaps another vendor that came to your mind that we should also be thinking of. <sighs> Jules, that's a bit of a loaded question with me. 
Well, you know the path of most of the street vendors around here when they make their rounds. <laughs> is Ellis's the most free? Is Ellis's rounds the most normal? Do, uh, do many the, vendors the most take taken? That same? Ah, I see what you're after now. You know the uh, street vendors. While they don't have their own guild, they do have their own understanding, and it is this: stay off my turf. Hmm. Or me and my customers make you our next meal. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there, Jules, as you would well know. But, uh, whether there are any other street vendors that match Ellis's renown, that is the question, isn't it? Of course, you get to go over to Westminster. Ellis doesn't even touch near there. There's, uh, there's all those hoity-toity, uh, like candied almonds. But, of course, you know, they charge you a shilling for a damn bag. It's damn right criminals what it is, and believe me, I know what I'm talking about when I say that. <laughs> is there a place where any might intersect? Well, you put me in a, you put me in an interesting pickle here, Jules. Intersect would indicate that there is collaboration. Collaboration with the street vendors is largely unheard of, that there is often peace times during any uh, sort of uh, festivals like a Christmas or, or Queen Victoria's upcoming celebration. Um, but where they intersect. I just mean that perhaps, you know, old Alice goes this way and so-and-so goes this way, and right. so they both cross this corner at some point during the day. Right. That kind of thing, because perhaps that might be the hot spot that we're looking for, because mm. where exactly on this path are we supposed to be looking? Have you, have you already mapped out Ellis's path? Yeah. Have you walked it? Not yet. All right, I'm happy for the pie, don't mistake me. But it seems to me like you might have just bought ten minutes needlessly. If you haven't walked the path yet... Didn't know if it was maybe... A, a different vendor? Or a cold trail altogether. Mm. Ah, there we go, Scottish again. Tell you what. Why don't we put this one as a bit of a pay-it-forward deal this So time you think around. that it, it pro probably is Ellis, then? I mean, if someone's sending you letters... What? To your home? This one was. Well, Ellis is the one who operates closest in Soho. So I'd start with him. If nothing pans out there, come to me again. We'll start going down the list of those who I think might have some sort of shady dealings. I'll put a couple of those uh, vendors in business myself, you know. Bit of a, bit of a side passion project. <laughs> yeah. Alright, thank you. Of course. Ah. Uh, like I said, we'll call five minutes this time around. Next five will be free, though. If you do end up going to Ellis's, I'd really love a jelly deal. <laughs> Noted. Great. Uh, pleasure as always, Big Mouth. Oh, trust me, Jules, the pleasure is all mine. Gross. <laughs> oh, before you go, uh, Patrick. You, uh, you've got some medical training, right? Yes. Perhaps you could settle a, a bit of a bet between me and Bigsby. He thinks I've got maybe two years left. I'm convinced I'm going to live forever. 
Who do you think's closer to the mark? <laughs> By all accounts, it's going to be forever. As it shouldn't have been this long. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Patrick! I knew I liked you for a reason. All right, get out of here before I change my mind. I like playing Big Mouth. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> I figured we were probably spot on with uh, with Ellis, but I figured I got this other contact who knows food, so we might as well check in. Cross your T's, dot your I's. Yeah. It makes sense. So. Cross your T's, dot your I's, summon Cthulhu. Life's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, at this point in time, as you leave the voracious hog, assuming you don't stop to chit-chat with Bigsby. No, I think I think we're in a, yep. a time crunch. Um... I would, the only thing I would remind you is because while uh, Patrick and uh, Jules will remember this, Sorn and Emily may not, uh, Pearson is set to have dinner ready by seven. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We should definitely get back Well, to I mean, Ellis Pass is like, what, right in front of our house? Not directly in front of your house, but, but pretty close. darn close. So, all right, well, I say we should yeah. head home, eat, and then walk. DM. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Stepping is, out this, of this character. Is not, this isn't Carl at all. This is Soren metagaming just a smidge in planning and helping that these things happen. Does Ellis's path come anywhere near Smithfield's residence? I wrote down Smithfield's residence. Uh, my, I have it. My knee-jerk... Smithfield's residence is. My knee-jerk reaction is. To it's say in Camden no. Town. Yeah. Okay. No, it's nowhere near, nowhere near yes. Camden Town. That's not helpful. Okay. So I think we could. Multitask. I was hoping we could multitask. Carl, <laughs> Carl doesn't know that's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Back home. All right. Um, so, uh, are you, uh, meandering, or are you going to... I mean, if we walk from here, will we get there in an hour? No. Then no, we will take a carriage. Okay. It is going to be another five shillings. Fine. Oh, sorry. That was a lie, because that was from Green Park, so this is only going to be three and a half shillings. Well, great. Three and a half. All right. You arrive at 17 Shopsbury Avenue. Uh, can I do halves? I don't think I can. It's just do copper. Copper, five. What? It's 15. So it's like money. So dimes. <laughs> so there's 10 so pennies if you, if you check the money. If you, if, if you check the money. 10 pennies and check, a dime. Never mind. I see what you're saying if you, now. if you check the money. I see what you're saying if you, now. If you check the money. To harken back to Robo, let's just let's just get on with it. <laughs> let's just Robo, Robo, Robo. Jerks. I'm still uh, trying to remember which is which. I know, okay. I know, I know, I know. Uh, pounds are gold, shillings are silver, pennies are platinum. Uh, <laughs> pennies are platinum. And, pennies are coppers. And uh, elect electrum. And we're doing crowns. that. Ten coppers is one yeah. shilling. To make things so nice it's and like easy thirty-five coppers. What I'm paying basically. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. With eight minutes to spare before allotted dinner time, you arrive back at your abode. Um, you don't knock, obviously, because it's your own abode. <laughs> uh, you go in, and um, 
that's a good detail. Thank I know, you for, right? Thank you yeah, for you're welcome. You're in. welcome. Uh, and you see uh, Anne almost immediately because it seems that she was making her way to the front door, not anticipating someone to just come right in. And she goes, "Oh, Mr. Patrick, um, Miss Jules, I was a little worried that you weren't going to make it in time, um, which would have been uh, too bad uh, because I have." really put something together that I think you're going to enjoy. Um, whoops. That's not the right music. Da -da -dun 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 -dun. Roll for initiative against dinner. Um, oh, gosh. It's a dinner of mimics. It's a dinner of mimics. Um, she uh, pulls you past the kitchen into your small little dining area, um, saying, uh, uh, unless you'd like me to um, bring your... your Respective dinners to your rooms? No, uh, well, let's eat together, shall we? Yeah. Great. Um, Jules, what would you like to drink with your dinner? I'll just have water. Oh. Water. Water. Well, a bottle well. of water. And a Mr. bottle of water. And you see her then just kind of get a little bit more uh, reserved. And Mr. Patrick, what can I fetch for you, sir? Oh. Mm, what? Uh, oh my gosh! Wait, did we get water? <laughs> it's water. Is that something? What do you What get? do you think they boil? Yeah. Okay, I guess that's true. I'm just no, like, did and besides, this is a this is a fair this is a nice boat. So you guys do have okay, okay, great. Running so water. You guys have... even you guys even have a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, the look on your right, face. Whatever you think uh, would best complement uh, dinner. Oh, uh, well, it is the... um it is a, a pan seared attic. Uh, mm. With a uh, a lovely drizzle of lemongrass, um, just just kind of give it a little a bit of zest, sir, and then just some uh, scalloped potatoes. Uh, all all I could I did whip up a little batch of uh, au gratin from uh, my time in France. Um, so Jules, who uh, sat down um, when before she started, it just kind of like crumples in down a little bit, like, oh, that sounds really good. Uh, <laughs> that either. sounds. Really Jules has a bit of a weakness for food because for the vast majority of her life didn't she did have good not food. get good food. Mm -hmm. um, right, so then I'll say either the Chardonnay or the Pinot Grigio would be fine. Uh, right. Uh, as the uh, the zest might uh, combat the sweetness of the Grigio, I'll, I'll go with the Chardonnay. So, but if you do not find it to your liking, I'll be more than happy to uh, switch it out. Um, last chance, Jules. You sure? Okay, just a little of that. But we might have a late night, so I want to be... That's what I thought. Um, she returns. Uh, she puts the fish down. It looks like with uh, the, the crisp around the uh, where the tail is, it, it looks a little unintentionally blackened, <laughs> um, but not, not she's inedible. Still, she's still getting used to the oven. It's a, it's a bit temperamental, sir. Um... But uh, if I may, I actually picked up this trick um, at a wonderful fishmonger on the streets of Paris. Um, and she takes uh, this like little kind of red powder. She says, why don't you give it a brief sniff, see if it's to your liking first. Ooh. Quite spicy. Mm. Quite yep. spicy. <clears throat> so what I do, um, may I, sir? Please. She cuts off a little bit of the filet, kind of separates it uh, away from the rest of the fish. And then she just takes an even smaller pinch and she says, now just drizzle just a little bit of the lemon on it. Uh, and if you don't like it, well, 
that'll be mine, and I have one more untouched for you, sir. Right. So then we'll try it. Um, well, how does how does Patrick like spicy food? Because after all, we are in Great Britain, where they think that <laughs> boiled potatoes is a perfectly acceptable. But, but but with that, I mean, India is part of you know, exactly the vast Victorian so, Empire. Yeah, and, and you know, Indian food still is curry is the most eaten dish in London. No kidding. Yeah, they, good to know. They are well. It is now. They, they, they are like mad about curry. Okay. So um, so how does Patrick take to it? Uh, it's a, it's a bit much for him. Oh, of course, sir. Um. I'm so sorry. Uh, and she'll... No, it's 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 alright. I'll I'll, I'll... I'll... I'll try it. We'll work through it. Um, so she uh, brings over and she says, so just grab a pinch. What is this called? Um, this is uh, turmeric powder. Alright. Um, and she'll sprinkle a little, just a little mm-hmm. bit on the lemon and everything. Yeah. Take a bite. And she, um, you, she is here just like watching you intently. <laughs> so uh, Jules is... Um, quite adventurous with food mm-hmm. because she like has eaten stuff out of trash cans yep. so um so i think she'd probably like it great carl she sweats a little yeah. bit with your heat. passive insight miss pearson is paying significantly more attention to jules and her needs than she That's is true. to you <laughs> um right well um and after bringing the shard in she goes right um i think i will uh Take mine in my quarters. Um, and she looks to the stairs. Covered under the stairs. Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> she, she goes, um, uh, I'm planning on turning in early tonight, so uh, getting an early start. At what time do you typically take breakfast? Lord, Lord Shaftesbury was l- less straightforward about your daily schedules, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, that's probably because it changes it a lot, but, um... Ah. Well, given, um, let's say eight. Eight? Excellent. Um, and aren't you prefer arty breakfasts, or perhaps, um, something a little bit more subdued? Oh, if we're going to go hunting paths tonight, uh, we'll probably need something a bit more hearty <laughs> in the morning. You see Miss Pearson just kind of do a little bit of a double take. Uh, her mouth starts to open. Figure of speech. Right. Means we have to walk. Right, right. We're haunting a path. Right. Um. <laughs> slowly exits the room, <laughs> holding her fish. <laughs> Good night, then. And <laughs> goes into... Her she uh, talks a lot more than the last one. Yeah, well, maybe that means she'll stick around a lot longer than the last one. Mm. See, I don't like breaking them in. Yeah. Tuck into your dinner. Um, it is not poisoned, or oh, if it is, okay. then it's too late now. Then it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> that End was the campaign. ploy all along. <laughs> End of campaign. Huzzah! Yep. Um, congratulations. It was, was not combat that killed us, for we never saw one. <laughs> it was beauty that killed the bee. Oh, anyway. I was, I was going to have her sniff the stuff, but then we just tucked in, whatever, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, you finish up between a little after dinner settling, uh, it rolls around to be about 8.15. Okay. What's the plan? September, so it's 
probably dark by now. Almost oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. So do we want dark to... Dark is this night. <sighs> do we oh. want to walk tonight, or do we want to wait till there's light? Well, it definitely said haunting the sloth, the, the path of the slothful man's cook. So, uh, haunting would imply night. Right. So, uh, let's, um, let's begin our journey, shall we? Pat. What was Jimmy's answer? He said you stood there. Your eyes were rolled in the back of your head. You weren't saying anything. You were shaking. And I know you need rest. I can go do this tonight. Uh, Jules will just nod at hearing that information. Um... No, let's go. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> Is there anything special you wish to grab or prepare before you head out for the evening? Um, definitely have my revolver. Mm-hmm. Got my sword. Got my stuff. Got my... Torch. Torch. Yeah, I have my weapons. Um... um, Why don't we also bring the books okay just in case oh uh, yeah we should lexicon that. And just, the just in case there's another stupid we need to put like, that in our inventory clue left there mm-hmm. you want to hold on to it yeah okay awesome oh it's gonna have to be a custom item <laughs> yes um okay so then we'll do that I'm trying to think oh. of anything else that i would need to bring latin oh um we'll de- we'll leave some of our We'll only go out with enough, you know, traveling money. We don't need to bring all of our correct. Okay. Life savings on us. Okay. Um. So what? Three pounds? Sure. Yeah, just... Oh, we're walking too. Yeah. That's the plan. So. Okay. Great. You head out. There are still people, you know, milling about in this late hour, but mostly it's in pursuit of public houses or in pursuit of certain services that only the night provides. Even in this better part of London, Soho is still the perfect middle ground for those kinds of practices. The thrills may not be as cheap as they are in the lower boroughs, and they may not be as fancy and discreet as they are in the upper boroughs, but Soho's public houses, they are a treat nonetheless. As you begin your ambulatory, I guess I now need to ask the question. Soho is directly next to St. Giles, which is where Ellis uh, rests his weary head at the end of the day. Uh, he, Will he, you? He rests at Bloomsbury, which is sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. He ends his he ends his uh, mm-hmm. path at St. Giles Square mm-hmm. and rests his head in Bloomsbury. Will you be? Um, Cutting across the Strand to go to uh, the Blackfriars Bridge first, and then going through Southwark's Central Thoroughfares to go up Waterloo Bridge, or will you be doing it in reverse? It's in reverse. Let's yeah. just go Giles Square, Middleton, Kingston, Blackfriars, uh, Southwark. I concur. Uh, Waterloo, Waterloo. Okay. Waterloo. 
All right. Um, for this first stretch of the journey of St. Giles Square, why don't you both give me either investigation or perception? Your choice. Uh, perception. Perception. Eighteen. Sixteen. Both of you are just milling about, looking not out of place amidst the still milling individuals, but can't seem to pick up on anything nefarious in this particular juncture. Lamp lights are starting to be lit as the sun is finally starting to crest into complete darkness. I, I should say, the sun has already crested into complete darkness. It is now merely the pink sky still clinging to the very western edges of the horizon, though even that is still rapidly being enveloped by the industrial fog of uh, Victoria's London. You have a question? No. Oh, okay. You look like you wanted to say something. So, St. Giles Square. Nope. Next leg of the journey. Middleton, was it? Yep, yeah. Middleton Street. Middleton Street, excellent. Repeat the roll. Uh, 17. 26. Oh, wait. Yeah, 26. Jules? Absolutely nothing. Much, much of the same. Uh-huh. Carl? Where are we? Middleton. Middle. Uh, As Middleton you are uh, cutting down, <clears throat> moving away from St. Charles Square, going down Middleton Street, which stretches a, a fair stretch through uh, this particular juncture of um, near, near Strand, flicker of movement catches your eyes, and you slowly, without trying to draw much attention to it, slowly look up to the right. And on one of the rooftops nearby, you could have sworn that you saw a flash of movement, as if it was someone ducking behind an outcropping of a forward window along one of the rooftops, looking down on Middleton Street. Might have just been a trick of the light. Um, I'm going to say uh, we're being watched. Rooftops. Do you want me to be a shadow? Might be, uh, might be wise. Well, uh, good night, Jules. I'll continue on. Yeah, I think I'll probably um, head back or maybe go get something to eat. That's wise. Uh, get some rest. You've been pushing yourself pretty hard. Thanks, Pat. As you are helping each other, I'll give you guys the option of either both doing an individual deception roll or one of you rolling with advantage. Uh, I will roll with advantage. Mine's a five. Yours is like an eight, right? A nine. Oh, dang. Yeah, get in there. Okay, well, good thing it was with advantage, because that first one was 15. 
will not starve. Oh, and that's an at one, so we'll take the 15. Okay. I wrote an at one, too. <sighs> better. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it. You know what? You're taking a time out. In the dunce chair. Dunce chair. chair for my dice. Uh, the You're dunce cap is right underneath the flap of your iPad. There you go. Oh. Our dice jail is a little tiny timeout chair. That has a little dunce cap. Yep, it's delightful. And that die is sitting in it. So, oh. Patrick, moving on to Kensington Street, are we? Yes. Uh, I'm also then moving into stealth mode, so. Why don't you go ahead and give me a stealth check? Ooh, okay. Get in there. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. You know what? It could have been worse. It could have been. It could have been worse. 16? So it was better. That is not helpful. <laughs> Am I trying to be helpful? Um, so, Jules, as uh, you see Carl, as you just kind of tuck into the shadows of a very shallow, Kilney couldn't, couldn't even call it an alley because it doesn't go all the way through, but it's more like the points of, of, a, of a little uh, piss trough where people dumping the chamber pots off. This is where it would uh -huh. kind of pool around this little area as it goes into the sewer. You kind of tuck into the shadows, and you just watch Carl eventually make a right turn to down, a slight right turn to Kensington. Uh -huh. And you're watching. Give me a perception check. Okay. Ugh, garbage. Eight. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Why did they get like a nine? <laughs> With a one-point differential, oh, um, you catch nothing but the flutter. Okay, but I do sense that there is something there. Yes. Okay. All right, so basically all I'm going to do is I'm going to um, follow behind Pat at a very controlled, shadowy distance. Okay. Um, allowing him to look for clues, and I'm looking for the tail. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Carl. You're now on Kensington Street. Are you dividing your attention, or are you going wholeheartedly into the investigation? It's determined to the DC. She's watching. I can do investigation. Okay, Kensington. Not great. Twelve. Wow. What happened to our dice? Drying up. Okay. With a twelve. As you begin to step down this alley, uh, the biggest thing you note, sorry, not alley, as you begin to step down this Kensington Street, the thing you take immediate note of is, unlike Middleton, there are many, many, many tributary lanes intersecting with Kensington. That is what a 12 gets you. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> That was terrible. Jules, as you are hanging back a fair distance, not yet approaching the mouth of Kensington, give me one more perception check. Okay. You have a chance to redeem yourself right now, Mr. Dice. Or Mrs. Dice. I don't know your gender. Doesn't matter. Oh, got it. Mm -mm, that's a two, so that's a... Uh, sorry. Five. 
You're going in the dynamic chair now. Where's your other pinky? You don't see anything. So like, I'm sure I don't! That was a five! Um, I'm going to pick up my pace just slightly. How about Golden yeah. Boy? Pull out Golden Boy. No, Golden Boy is consistently terrible. What? I thought Golden Boy was rolling 20 Okay, fine. Pull them out. Um, Carl. You, that, so this is not our street. You know that there are at least um, 12 tributaries feeding into Kensington. That could be rolled to 12. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Good thing roll 20. <laughs> you know that there are 12 tributaries leading into Kensington. Do you want to just move on to the next street, or are you going to take the time to inspect each of these tributaries? What the heck? I'll check it. I'll check it. Okay. Go ahead and give me your first roll. Which one am I rolling? Investigation? Mm -hmm. Or oh. perception. Your choice. Oh, perception. Okay, perception. It's a 27. Okay. With a 27... Which is wildly better than anything else you've rolled. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, the first four, you're not seeing anything down. You see that they feed into other streets, the occasional dead end. But as you approach the fourth, and you start peeking down it and seeing nothing, very strange scent. It's your nostrils. It's floral, and yet at the same time, there's an undertone of something that you've smelled a lot of lately between Big Mouth and Miss Hazmit's pie shop and and Miss Pearson's dinner for you. Like this is just it's it's like it's a full, robust meal, but it's also stale. And there's something else underneath oh, it. Oh, no. Nothing in the fourth lane. Nothing in the fifth. The smell's getting stronger. Nothing in the sixth. And as you begin to move towards the seventh alleyway off of Kensington. There's a very, very faint flickering leading to this alleyway. Very faint. As you draw your pistol, <laughs> begin to slowly eke your way around. You see a table. Probably about 20 feet down this alleyway. A table with a single small candle mounted on it. You can make out various plates and other such forms, and there's a chair seated at this table, and the back is to you. What do you do? I'm going to um, Have I seen him turn down this alley? Give me a perception check. Let's see if Golden Boy treats you better. Oh, I wasn't rolling Golden Boy. Mm. 
I'm suspicious of golden boy. And that's why. That's uh, 11. Okay. It's enough to see that he has stopped. And now he's slowly <clears throat> turning down an alley. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on the other side of the street and go across so that I'm not with him, but I can see down mm -hmm. where he's going, if that makes sense. Most definitely. Try <clears throat> to stick to the shadows of the building across the street so that yeah. if so that you would basically be directly below this potential observer if they're trailing you guys effectively. Right, or able to see them if they're directly on top of the buildings looking down on him. I like it. I'm going to prep an action okay. um, as I'm stalking forward. Um, as soon as I see someone like in the chair, I'm, I'm looking like right at the chair. As soon as I see a humanoid, because that's what the spell needs, um, I'm going to uh, um, you know, shout out, don't move, and uh, cast my don't move on them. I like it. As you slowly creep down this alleyway, you start to see that it is indeed a full spread of a meal laid on this table. Though the emaciated hog carcass does not look appetizing at all, Gross. despite the rotted mouth shoved in its mouth, a caricature, a twisted perversion of a decadent meal. You get enough of an angle that you see on the armrests a resting palm triggering your action cool don't move and i have to do a wisdom 13 if they are aware and or be uh paralyzed they don't move i'm gonna come up to them gun trailed on them you slowly Make your way around, knowing confident. I have my gun out now. Gotcha. Confident that they're not going to move. Give me a perception check. As you make your way around, you notice that wrapped around the arm and the armrest appears to be a uh, metallic, sharp pronged wire. Barbed wire, one might say. Affixing the arm the armrest and as you make your way around you see a body tied to this chair barbed wire before spread of rotting food this individual is one more victim of the crimson lettered crimson lettered killer what was that perception check? Eleven. Eleven? Eleven might be enough for this. We'll see. Might help if I get it in you guys, right? <laughs> Looking up. Across the street. Uh-huh. 
on the right side of the opening. Uh -huh. You see a form just kind of creeping over. All you can make out is a hood and not a robe, uh -huh. but dark form-fitting, mm, form-fitting is not the correct word, dark clothing that doesn't feel very drapey uh -huh. at all. It just seems to be looking inquisitively down. It seems to be foregoing stealth for a brief moment to try and get a better look at what's going on down there. Okay, well, I have to try, so I'm going to try to stealth my way across and then get up the building. Okay, give me a stealth check first, and then an athletics check or acrobatics check, your choice. Come on, honey. Much better. 24 for stealth. Very nice. Then I'll do acrobatics. So I'm able to get up the building, assuming that I'm acrobatics check at the same speed as I can yep, move anywhere. totally. That, so that's 14 plus 9, so over 20. Very nice. Very nice. Um, what? Yeah. yeah. So as you are pulling yourself up with little to no difficulty, this hooded individual still seems to be looking down. I'll come right back to you. Carl. This body, much like the other... I shouldn't say much like the other. This is a victim. There are... Five clues to ascertain, detective. Okay, medicine check. Um, okay. To see, um, that's not great. That's not a large enough. It's a thirteen. A twelve. Okay. For a medicine check, that was enough for this first clue. Okay. This body is that of a man's. It is probably a man in his early fifties. He has all his teeth. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's correct. That's correct. He has all his teeth, though it was a little difficult for you to ascertain part of it. Um, as you can tell, with the DC-12 of medicine, this man died of starvation. He shows all signs of emaciation, of absolute neglect um, distended stomach and yes he is in the nude um, distended stomach ribs showing uh, very gaunt features it was a long lingering death that is what the 18 oh sorry that is what the 12 medicine check gets you okay um Let's do a, um, uh, investigation around here to see. Okay. I mean. Investigate him or investigate the table? The table. Okay. That's a million. 19 plus, uh, six. So 25. The 25, you actually get two clues yes. for the price of one. Awesome, I love that. Two things. The food. The food was rotten long before he died. This was not food that was placed on this table fresh. Mm -hmm. Starving man was tied in barbed wire to a chair 
nearly dying from starvation and rotted food was put before him. Out of reach, nonetheless. The other thing is that you couldn't tell because it didn't have a back, but there is another stool on the other side of the table, directly facing the dead man. Here, there's a plate with very real crumbs of non-spoiled bread, very small smattering of look like farm fresh greens, and a very small saucer that looks to still have some olive oil in it. And as you bring it up to your nose, what's interesting about this olive oil is that it has a hint of rosemary and lavender in it, which is not typical, at least in your experience, mm -hmm. for olive oil. And before we have you inspect further, Jules, this individual is about 30 feet away from you on this rooftop. Okay. If you're stealthing, remember that that is half speed. Okay, so then what I want to do is I want to stealth up to them and put my gun to their back. Ooh. Okay. So with 30 feet, would you be saying that you'd be... So I'd be going 15 and, and then, then... Bonus action? Yeah. And then prepping an action? Um, well, I don't think I can prep an action. Well, if... as you're a thief, as you're a rogue... That oh my gosh, I can do that for a bonus action? Oh, that's you can, right! You can dash for a bonus action. Yeah, yes. then yes! Okay. Give me a fresh, give me a fresh stealth check okay. for this rooftop. Nice. Um, 25. Okay. So, creep forward the 15 feet. Uh-huh. Not making a hint of a sound. You begin your dash. Uh-huh. You get five feet closer, another five feet closer. At this point in time, you're only about five feet away from them. There's no light uh -huh. up here, and the candlelight down below is so faint, uh -huh. it's very difficult to make out any details. What you can tell about this individual is that they stand not much taller than you, uh -huh. like maybe five seven, five eight. They are of athletic build. Okay. Masculine, feminine. Give me a either a medicine or an insight check. No, a medicine or a perception check. Okay. <laughs> That's a three. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, five. It could be a woman in bulky clothes. It could be a man in bulky clothes. It's okay very difficult to tell but as you are moving forward trying to like get a sense of any kind of gender despite how amazing your stealth check was you must have crazy perception what a nat 20 does yeah there was a <laughs> you laugh um 
the faintest hint of a scrape on one of the ceiling tiles. And you look down, and as you look up, back up, you see that the hooded individual is looking directly at the same tile that you are, and you both kind of look up at each other at the same time. The hood completely shadows the eyes, and wrapped around the lower part of the face is a long black scarf that is completely obscuring uh-huh. all features. And you just hear a shit, followed by... Which I do. Damn. <laughs> I'm going to take off after okay, them. Great. I'm going to pursue. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> we will come to you in just a second. Oh. <laughs> a natural 20! Yep. Oh. Yep. Um, okay. Plus crazy high perception. Yeah, yep. I'm sure. Um, Mr. Carl Patrick, as you are looking at this, you do hear... And you look up and you see two figures <laughs> begin darting across the roof. I'm not going to chase after him right now. Yep. Uh, go. Collect tools. And, uh... <laughs> Do I have to use different th- th- skills, or can I keep going on? There is, uh, so you've done um, medicine, done medicine on done, the body. I've done medicine, I've done uh, investigation, so I'm just curious if I need to do different ones. Uh, so you should be up to four clues, correct? No, or sorry, three. you have three clues, yep. Um, you haven't yet done a thorough investigation of the body itself. You've okay. done a medicine yep. check, yep. but you haven't done an investigation. So, yeah, investigate the table, investigate the body. Yep, and then the final one more check will... Determine if you get the last clip. Okay, so here we go. For investigation of the body. That's a uh, 15. Beautiful. Beautiful. Do you read it when it's down or it's up? up? It's when it's up. Yeah. As you begin you just see. trying to find any sort of distinguishing marker, you find two things for the price of one. It's not two separate clues, but it's clues related to the body. Above the stomach, or where the stomach should be, you see another familiar slice. So you get the sense that something is probably missing, much like the other body. But more importantly, the jaw, when you were looking at all the teeth that were intact, you see that there seems to be something lodged in the back of the throat of the cadaver of the body and as you just gently reach in there with whether it be with a tool or whether it be the 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 barrel of your pistol Mm -hmm. you kind of pry at whatever is this blockage before you realize with a minor horror that it is its tongue it is the victim's tongue that has been stitched to a long piece of parchment to lengthen the tongue to almost serpentine proportions. And as it lolls out, the head flops a little bit, the tongue now dangling in front of you. I need you to give me a brief sanity check. see a lot of stuff in this check. 56. 50, beautiful. You see... Um, something stitched into the tongue itself. Tattooed, almost. RJ, 
A5, S1. And for the last clue, um, give me first a perception check. Romeo and Juliet, I, I see one. 20. Yeah, like Shakespeare. Beautiful. Uh, so that's a 28. Great. Um, with a natural 20, I'm not even going to have you do the investigation uh, for it. The goblet that's been placed in front of the victim that actually did seem to be within hand's reach. You pull the brim up to your nose and <laughs> give it a sink smell. Swish the liquid around inside of it a little bit. Salt water. Uh. man had been forcefully dehydrated rotting food the only thing within his rotting food barely out of reach and the only thing within his reach was seawater this victim died slowly agonizingly and with his potential for saving right in front of him with his murderer seated before him enjoying perfectly unspoiled food Jules. Uh -huh. Get out there, Jay. <laughs> I love this song. This person is just as fast as you. Okay. Every time you think. I'm just gonna do a little burst of speed right here, uh -huh. and I'll get them. They do the exact same burst of speed to just try to keep pace a little bit mm -hmm. ahead. Following them with the uh, London nightscape being obscured by the swirling clouds and the, uh, the fog and the smog and the smoke, you still catch flashes of this moonlight every now and then, the nearly full moon. Um, Sure enough, they are just wearing black hood, long black billowing scarf, and odd-fitting black clothes. And they are now sprinting full across these uh, buildings. The first major hurdle comes up. You see that although it is about a 15-foot jump uh -huh. from one building to get to the next across the building, this cloaked individual shows no sign of slop uh, so no signs of slopping shows no signs of stopping <laughs> let me uh call up their their stats again real quick fun 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 um okay Yep. Okay. Ooh. Okay. 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 Uh, you, you hear before they launch themselves, arms pinwheeling, um, legs outstretched in front of them, 
their feet I don't think this is our murderer. barely catch onto the edge of uh, the rooftop in front of them. They scramble into a little bit of a somersault. Um, and they stand up briefly, patting themselves, look back at you, give you the, the British F off gesture. Uh, yeah, jog on and uh, proceed to keep sprinting. So what do you do? Well, I'm going to follow. Okay. Um, how do I calculate my... Your long jump? jump? Yeah. So It should tell you. If you where? go to the... Um, go, to spe- go to speed. Uh-huh. Long jump. When you make a long jump, you cover the number of feet equal to your strength score if you move at least 10 feet on foot immediately before the jump. If you make a standing long jump, you can either leap half the distance. Not the modifier, but the score. Yep. Oh, okay. So you can jump at least 11 feet. Um, right, but I also if, if have... You, if you um, have 10 feet of running first, which you do. My second story work gives me a plus 3, so I actually get 14. Okay. So, that's, it's, it's still a 15-foot jump. So with the 14 feet automatically being covered, it's a, it's a fairly low... It's a low-ish DC. What kind of role am I doing? It'd be in athletics. Yeah, this is full on. This isn't like leaping from tree branch to tree branch. Wait, so I just this need is... to get higher than a. Oh, okay. So I'm not. Uh, all right. I only. Oh, I hate it. Okay. Come on. It's a two. What? Oh. Doesn't matter that I can jump 14 feet. That's well, a two. Yep. So you clear the 14 feet. I know that meant I gotta add 14 to whatever I rolled. No. No, nope. You clear the 14 feet, no problem. But as your foot makes contact with the lip of the building, you just feel it go, whoop, and you go, oh. So you're now holding on to the edge of it. You don't just careen down into oh, the great. abyss. You're holding on to the edge now. Um, and uh, give me a strength saving throw. Oh, well, that's not great. Ten. Ten. Ten was exactly what you needed. Okay, so great. you're able to stop your fingers from slipping, and you just kind of s- slowly start to pull yourself up. You're very dexterous. You're not that strong. Um, <laughs> that is true. And as you pull yourself up, you see that they are starting to get distance. More and more distance. You're not out of this yet, though. So you pull okay. Okay, yourself great. up. Um, why don't you give me an intelligence check? Sure, it's not an intelligence saving throw. I'm sure it's not uh, an intelligence saving throw. Thank you, though. Wow, that's a natural one. Minus one. So that's that is... zero. So you're looking out, and you're going, maybe if I go that way, I can cut them <laughs> off. <laughs> um, I'm going to roll a d4. Okay. We're going to say let's, that... Let's see, if you, let's see if you choose the right way. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. What would you both roll I d4s mean, if it matches? Imagine, that's what we're going to do. I we're was both going to roll a d4. I was anticipating yep. actually being able to catch this person. But still, it'd be nice. Yep. So if wait, we, we have to roll the same If we roll the same number, oh you pick the right way to catch up and cut them off potentially. No. Uh, oh. You pick a direction and you're confident that that is the way to go. <laughs> so you start taking off in like a southwesterly direction. You charge. You're charging, you're watching them. Yeah, yeah, I got you in my sights now, you 
stupid sign, and then they just veer off in the complete opposite direction and just start going further away. Damn it. You might still have a chance to catch them if you full-on pursuit, but it's getting slimmer and slimmer. I mean, as long as there is a chance, I will go for okay. it. Okay, we'll say, for the, for the in D&D terms, we'll say that you have two failures so far, as opposed to the sure. three failures that would uh, spell the end of this chase. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Okay. I don't think it's the murderer, but I'm really curious to know who it is. Yep. As you are now in full-blown pursuit, Jules, is there anything you can think of that might give you an edge? You know, that's a good question. So we're still on roofs, right? They're still on rooftops. Um... Not that you can even hear that, because at this point in time, they're probably like 50, 55 feet away, and right. like over two small jumps. Well, I'm wondering if maybe I could just fire my gun like into the air, mm -hmm. and the sound would alarm them enough to hold them, like pause them for even just a couple of seconds. So like an seconds. intimidation check? Uh... It's, it's more like a, I'm trying to startle them. So like, what the, oh shoot, you know, like, so I'm not right. exactly sure. So like a distraction check. Yeah. Yeah. For purposes, I'm going to call it an intimidation. Just because you're trying to spook them into messing up. Oh. I like your thought process, though. I really do. So we're approaching this like a skill check. Is, is that the skill challenge what we're doing? Ish, oh. yep. Except it's not so much a set DC as it is contests. Uh, okay. Well, all right, we'll do that. So, so intimidation is what we're rolling. Yep. Oh my gosh! It doesn't matter. I'm rolling garbage. Would you natural Six. one? Well, I could I, I could roll a natural one, or I could roll a four. <gasps> Are you serious? With plus two is a six. Oh! Rollies. Oh my gosh! Please roll low, Robo. No! I rolled another three! Is there a reason you keep using that? Soren, would you like to see what I rolled? Coming over. Oh no! I'm sorry. Ding! Yes! One. Natural right. one. No, this is going so back the, in the So the, the pepper box <laughs> rings out, <laughs> and you see this individual turn before. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna break their oh, neck no. and die. Oh, oh no! Oh no! I'm gonna run and see if they're hanging on to something. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as you um, get to the edge, you look down, and hanging about three stories down, hanging onto a windowsill, you just see the top of the hood and slightly shaking arms. Oh my gosh, that hurts. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. Grab onto it's their three stories down. Yeah, I'm gonna climb down. Okay. Um, because I can do that. True. And uh, and grab onto their wrist. I'm like, help me help you. Help me help you. They look up at you, and now that they are looking up, and the moon is going, you can see for the first time 
this part uh-huh. of their face, uh, and it's just just blue eyes uh-huh. looking at you. Look like blue eyes that have been smudged with black grease paint around the eyes. Okay. They look down. <laughs> they look at you. They take a punch at you. Okay. Um, I think I have, um, uncanny dodge. But that, that only matters if they, if they hit, right? Oof. Oof. Uh, yeah, no, a seven does not hit. Great. So. What? Uh, are you serious? You're hanging from a ledge. Let go. I'm gonna pull off their mask. Okay. Uh, as you, uh, how? Scarf. You're holding on to their wrist. You got one hand holding the wrist, one hand holding the building. Oh, that's a good point. Spider-Man, you can hold the toes. Sorry, in my head, I was in. I was in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Then what else? What else? Okay, I'm holding. I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, um, they take a deep, bracing breath, and you see them prop their feet up on the building. Are you serious? Do you have a death wish? Strength contest. (sighs) They do not want to get caught. Wait, am am, am I grappling this person right now? No, they're Uh, hanging. I just just have a hold on their arm. I have a stupid grappler feet, which is not going to be good for much. Sorry, it's not stupid. For yeah. Some people it might be very useful. Strength contest is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. 18! <laughs> now they're just literally just dangling <laughs> by your one arm. But, um, so let's see. So after that struggle, you win the contest. So you're able to hold on. Uh-huh. I want you to give me, though, a either an athletics check or strength check to maintain your grip with the other hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, shoot. Athletics or str- just strength? Yep. Well, they're both plus zero. Struggling with one hand is a little. You want that? You want? You're holding on to them. Well, that's a seven. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so Jules, you have the option. You can either dex to keep holding on to them, and you both go down. Or you can dex to hold on. How high up are we? Uh, 25 feet. <laughs> okay, so I can either let go or hang on. Is Correct. What okay, bug. Um, okay, so I'm like this, yep. right? Oh. <laughs> um. Okay, what I'm gonna do is let go of the wall and hold on to the person and land on top of them. <laughs> I'm gonna call this a dex contest because you guys are falling in midair now. So we're but gonna they s- were below me. They were below you. But if you're trying to pull them into a hug hole to land on I mean, top not, of I mean, not, I won't actually be able to do that. It's gonna be more uh, like a, it's gonna be, here, just give me your arm. So it's gonna be like a... Kind okay, of gotcha. Thing. 
Um, so, okay, then in that case, it's not a dex contest. It's just a dex check to see if you can land on top of them. Okay. Check? Yes. Six. So, it was a great idea, and you have a <laughs> great hold on them, but as you feel your fingers I like go, to think more of that I, the player, made this choice. Jules just lost her grip. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It was just... Oh, bugger. Before... <laughs> Uh, 25 feet down, the both, both of you. Marv and, uh... <laughs> I am definitely going for the scarf around the face. Gotcha. Even um, if they get away from me, if I can at least see the Harry, face. Harry and Marv. <laughs> um, why don't, uh, the both of you make a constitution saving throw. Okay. To see if you're not stunned from the impact. You do both take damage. Yeah. Okay. And for you, that would be... Oh my gosh. All of my dice are rolling like absolute crap. Don't touch mine. <clears throat> Bringing out another d20, because I don't want to roll any of those anymore. Three d20 that you're going to throw Yep. Okay. Um, so DC was 14. What about your jewel d20? What'd you get? That's what I said. I don't have a jewel d20. That's right. I was loaded. I got an eight. You got an eight? Okay. They got an 18. Oof. So you both slam onto the ground, and there's a moment of Ugh. before they. It's going to take them a second. You're still going to get a dexterity saving throw to grab onto that, to try and grab onto that scarf. Great. Um, it's not a disadvantage. It's just that. Um, hmm. Hold on, I need to figure this out. So they're rolling away, and you're just like. Mm. Here's how we'll do it. So first give me the dexterity saving throw to grab that scarf. Okay. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? Nine. Okay. I rolled like I'm 10 sorry. threes it was tonight. A, it was a 10. It was I a rolled 10, ten threes I know. tonight. So your fingers grab onto the scarf and you just feel the material. Ugh. Kind of a nice like satiny kind of material before it just goes whoop. Through your fingers. No, I'm going back to the side. So and got a couple good they things for me, roll right? up onto their feet. They have the they're pressing the scarf back, and you just hear. Um, I hear what? Boo! Boo! No, you don't hear bye, but you're. Um, before they um, start to take. Can off. I do like one now that I've been in somewhat close proximity with them? Can I at least and, and was holding on to their body weight? Can I do some kind of like male female? Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. We'll call it. We'll call it a perception check. Okay. You're the one I came back to. So seven. That's a four. You did better than a three, so I'll give you that. Can you do anything nice? What? It's either a slim male or a musculature, muscly female. Okay, it's okay. Well, it's still kind of hard to determine. If they're if they're a female, they're more muscly than an average female, and if they're a male, they're more slim than the average male. Okay. And that's pretty much what you were able to ascertain. And they zip down one of the alleys. Before you. Um, how hurt am I? <laughs> um, give me a medicine check. <laughs> Since I don't get to know my hit points. <laughs> uh... 13. Where okay. have you been? Where have you been? 
you're you're hurt. You're gonna have a, a little bit of a limp probably for the rest of the night because that uh -huh. that did hurt. But you're not in any mortal danger. Okay, great. Um. All right. Well, that was disappointing. Um, really? Because I thought that was fan freaking tastic. That was amazing. You were able to like just catch on. And... No, no, no. It was no. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It was fun. I just mean at the end that I couldn't yeah. see the face. Uh, no, that was a blast. I had a, I had a great time. <laughs> um, roguing it up. Uh, so I will limp my way back to yeah. Kensington. Luckily, you do know the area fa fairly well, so it's not that. This difficult. time, I will not travel on the roofs, though. Mm -hmm. So, as you are limping back. Um, you blue are... Blue eyes. I did get blue eyes. You did get blue eyes. As you are limping, trying to get your way back to Kensington Street, just putting that all through your mind, this has been a very disappointing day. <laughs> oh no, we're still with me. That's not a good sign. <laughs> thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly unpleasant. And as you turn down one of the alleyways, you find you're not in an alley anymore. Uh-huh. You look like you're in one of the hallways of the courtesan. You look down at your hands, and gone are your, I want to say, fingerless gloves or something along those lines. And instead, you have your lace doily cuff and your painted nails you look further down and you're in this revealing inexpensive though you wouldn't guess it from looking at it uh, red outfit with a effigy of a bird stitched into the side a very specific bird a bird that you could never see again for the rest of your life, and you'd be perfectly happy with that. A long, tall, very thin, very wispy, greasy, blonde-haired man comes around the corner and sees you. Well, my darling, are you prepared to meet the rest of your clientele for the evening. What do we say, darling? Yes, sir. That's better. Now then, give us your best smile. <clears throat> she smiles. <laughs> Good. Any just starts to go for her face and then pulls his hand back and goes no 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 client first client first right this way you have a, a new caller you have you have a new caller tonight it's hard to do a lisp with a british accent i'm, I'm there quite we go. impressed you're doing quite well this one if you do great things for him he'll do great things for you you are to address him as my lord. He can get a little rough, my darling, so dip up a lip. And I promise, if you can get through this without crying, 
maybe I'll give uh, that little friend of yours a break for once. Okay. Atta girl. And he leads you by the hand, flinching touch, into a receiving area where many other women like yourself some far too young to be in this business like yourself and some who have known no other life and from behind a tall top hat and a very well-robed gentleman turns around and you see lord smithfield mm-hmm. smithfield looking down at you he gets a hungry gleam in his eyes and a perverse smile just begins to break across the lower half of his face. He goes, ah, Mr. Peabody, she's perfect. We are going to have such an enjoyable time getting to know one another, my dear. Come. We have much to uh, talk about as he reaches to grab for your wrist, you do feel a semblance of control return to you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Oh, um. Well, I know what happened the last time, uh, I responded, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this memory a little bit longer. Roll the D4 for me. One. You uh, lose two points of sanity. Okay. Oh. You are brought to familiar red room. And thankfully, darkness takes you before you live the memory to its entirety. Definitely wasn't going to go that far, but... Yeah. Patrick. Determined all you can mm-hmm. from the crime scene. Jules has not returned. Um, I need to um, get police on the scene. So it's a little dramatic, but you do know that the typical practice to quickly get the police here would be a nice, robust call of the crime that's before you. Yep. Help, murder, help. And uh, I do have uh, a whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will, I'll, I'll blow to try to get some constables, some Bobby's attention. Mm-hmm. And once some helmeted guy shows up, I'll alert him and see what else we yep. can do to get more people. Um, now, when you said blackness, does that mean I passed out or I just correct. came out of it? Oh, I passed out. Yep. Oh, that's bad. <clears throat> um, as uh, the various constables start to... Um, 
cordon off the, the alleyway, asking you for all the information that you've been able to give. Mm-hmm. Um, they quickly recognize your status. Um, you're recognized by a few of them. Uh, one in particular, um, and uh, a... What was his name? Oh. Uh, Frederick Layton. Constable Frederick Layton. Uh, seems to be of uh, Jimmy's graduating class, as it were. Can't be older than 20 or 21. Um, very shock, uh, short red hair. Uh, he's grateful you've been able to bring this to their attention. Uh, and he insists that uh, you and Robinson get together soon. You get the sense that he's a bit of a Robinson fanboy. Um, the inspector can do no wrong. It takes about 20 minutes before, 20 to 30 minutes before the uh, debriefing is concluded. And in that time, now close to 10 o'clock at night, still no sign of Jules. I'm going to grab a couple officers okay. and, and say, uh, you two, come with me. Um, Jules was apprehending a, a suspect in this direction. She hasn't returned. Um, and I'm going to go in the direction that we were, Great. that I saw them go. Go ahead and give me an investigation. Uh, you may do so with advantage because you are being arrested. If I said Jules just then, I should have said Ms. Walker. You Sorry. Did, yeah. As uh, investigation. Mm-hmm. Okay, 18. She wasn't that far. She was not that far away at all. It doesn't take very much for you to find her as she's just standing at the entrance of an alleyway near Kensington Street. Her eyes are not responding to any sort of light. Okay. She's just staring ahead. Awesome. Um, I'm going to say, nobody touch her. She's, uh, it must be the medication she's on. Um, uh, Jules? Miss Walker? Jules Walker! Give me a constitution saving throw. <laughs> Ten. Exactly what you need. Oh, good. <laughs> you come out of the blackness to see Carl not two feet away from you. Just trying to get your attention. Um, for me, did I come straight out of the vision? Yes. Okay, then there are probably tears on my face. Okay. Because although I couldn't cry in the vision, my mm-hmm. real body probably was. Okay. Um, <sighs> uh, are, are, you, are there officers with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, um... Let's, uh, I, j- I got nothing. Let's, let's walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right then. Um, all good then, Mr. Patrick? Yes, thank you. I am limping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you might want to get that looked at, Miss Jules. You appear to be bleeding. Yeah, I fell but, off a building. No, I'm... It's fine. Talk about ears, Mum. What? Sure enough, 
bleeding from your ears. Huh. Mm, Pat? Is that normal? Ever? Bleeding from nose, too. You see her start to, like, dab a little bit, and sure enough, there's just a small trickle of blood coming out your nose now as well. Oh, wow. Mr. yourself really hard. I'm gonna do a, um, a straight up, um, uh, healing hands. I'm gonna give you six hit points. Okay. Um, and with that, uh... I'll pull out my handkerchief because everyone has a handkerchief and mm -hmm. clean myself up a little bit. There we go. Uh, Miss Walker, uh, you were once again standing and unresponsive. Uh, yeah. What medication does the your good doctor have you on? Does he know that I'm on medication? Well, I know that you went to the doctor. You do? Yeah, you told me. I did. But I didn't tell you I was going because I was sick. I told you I was going to ask about the letter. Well, well then. Uh, I need to amend everything I've ever said. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't don't think she said anything specifically about the medicine. Now that I'm but you could it. say, does does the doctor have you on the medicine? I'm gonna say, are you? Yeah, I'm gonna just go to the medicine stuff and say, uh, are you on any medications? What what shocks are you? What what have you taken recently? Uh, I. Damn it, Jules! I don't care if it's legal or illegal. You need uh, to tell me what you're on. I think I think it's legal. I, I don't know. The, the doctor Thomas gave me something this morning. Uh, for the this is the I'm second time with. today. I don't think it could be anything from he. That what did he, he give me. you? Uh, and I'll describe what it is. You laudanum. He put. What on earth is he prescribing you laudanum for? This is. I will be having words with Doctor Thomas in the morning. I'm dying, Pat. We're all dying. I think maybe I have a few years. I spit up blood. He gave me the only thing he hasn't tried. I felt better immediately. I don't think that's what's causing this. Causing. I always go into the stupid. Causing this. I don't know, but I, I won't take it tomorrow. See, see if that makes it better. Better is isn't laudanum a, a common thing that's used? It's common. It's also uh, can yeah, be be a, a straight up drug. I know that. I know that too. But I I don't think that's what this is. Doctor Thomas would never give me straight up opium. It, I mean, if you've taken too much of it, you can have hallucinations. Or yes, be dizzy and he gave and me very specific instructions of how much to take so that that wouldn't happen. And yet, it's happened twice. Well, today. Maybe. Have you had any mood changes or anything? Have you been having any nightmares or anything? Seizures. You've had seizures and shakiness. You've had uh, hallucinations. Uh, uh, not. Uh, I don't know about hallucinations. You've had disorientation and and and. Uh, 
I it's have a comma, but I have memories, sort of, but mostly memories. Just now, memories. As you converse, discussing the various theories, the various causes, you make your way back to Seventeen Shaftesbury. Are you going to your respective quarters for the night? Or are you have anything else you wish to accomplish this evening? Um I have two things. Ugh, I don't know, I'm pretty hurt. Um So I'll just do the one um, at home. Um, so uh, I'm pretty shook up um, after that last vision. Um, and because uh, in a weird way, it's more disturbing than the... Than the disturbing visions. Yeah, because this was totally real. And it was something you had lived. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I know what immediately followed after. Mm -hmm. um, and I keep... Uh, asking myself why when I felt control come back to my body did I not act mm -hmm. other than fear of maybe hurting someone in the real world but it seemed like it was something more than that she's just a little freaked out so um, she's gonna go in her room um, to a drawer where she keeps um, the only thing <clears throat> she kept from the courtesan uh, the only thing she retrieved when it was getting shut down and everything was being dismantled and taken out, um, which is a box of uh, lavender incense. Um, and uh, there had been a girl, a woman, working at the courtesan when Jules first started. Mm -hmm. um, and she had been there for a few years. And she didn't... She wasn't around much longer after... Uh, Jules never knew what happened to her, but um, Jules had been there for about a year when she was 13, and she hadn't been doing, uh, like, fully servicing clients mm -hmm. um, because she was so young, and she was learning, mm -hmm. learning things. Anyway, but shortly after she started fully servicing clients, this um, older woman, um, I say older woman, she was, like, 19, mm -hmm. um, uh, brought her into her room, lit some purple, uh, purple lavender incense, and taught Jules this um, little mantra, I guess. Okay. Um, Jules then would do this basically any morning after she'd had to service a client, which was a lot of mornings, but she hasn't thought about it in five years. Mm -hmm. So she lights the incense um, and she lets the smell permeate the room. It's very, very soothing to her. Um, and she takes a seat um, on her, on the floor because mm -hmm. the, the woman, I don't know why I haven't said her name yet. Um, her name was, uh, I'm trying to think of a good period name. We'll just call her Elizabeth. Okay. Um, Elizabeth uh, said, never do this on a bed. Um, because of the negative associations they have with beds. So she sits on the floor, um, cross-legged, and Jules says to herself, I am more than my body. 
I have a mind that is strong. I have a soul with worth. No one can touch my heart. No one can torture my spirit. I am more than my body. Give me a wisdom save. 11. You regain one point of sanity. Anyway, so she'll she'll repeat that to herself a few times mm-hmm. um, before she goes to bed. Okay. Mr. Patrick, do I have a? I probably have a copy of Shakespeare, collection of Shakespeare. I'm um, willing to bet that Patrick would. Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm reading through Romeo and Juliet and getting to looking through Act Five, Scene One, I'm seeing the conversation with Balthazar and then the conversation with the apothecary, what stands out the most? Because, you know, just looking, just looking at it, I'm like, okay, art, art thou so bare and full of wretchedness and fearsome to die? That's what's standing out to me. Yeah. But I don't know what stands out to Patrick. You think on the table. You think about the cause of death. Mm-hmm. Give me an intelligence check. Not 20. Look at this. Beautiful. Beautiful. You're, get, you're getting them all today. I did not get a single one. You all bailed me. You're all yeah. dead to me. A single line that leaps out at you. Sorry for the second. <laughs> Famine is in thy cheeks. With a natural 20, I will say that you are driven to review the previous quotation as well. Yeah. Art thou so bare and full of wretchedness, fearest to die? Sorry, when I say the previous quotation. Oh, means the, the one before. Wreak havoc. Cry, cry havoc and let slow the dogs of war. No. Um, okay. No, you got it right. Yeah. And finally, with those two next to each other, give me a religion check. Okay. You have advantage because of the natural. Oh, okay. Well, it really wanted me to roll 15, so 15 is what I have. <laughs> 15 is fine. Havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Famine is in thy cheeks. An ex soldier found in suits of armor, horribly mutilated, pointed to by a warlike saint. And now this victim, starvation seated at a table of rotting food. War. Famine. Biblical verse rings in your mind. And with 
horrifying clarity. You recognize at last what this madman, this author, was attempting to pen. Four sons. Yeah, four horsemen. Four horses of the apocalypse. What's Carl do upon this conclusion? turn to um, Revelation and start perusing through um, and uh, so he's gonna he's gonna sit um, and the the Bible is gonna be out on on the table in front of him and uh, his other hand is just gonna be playing with a poppy pod mm-hmm. just on the table just fiddling with it just not not ready to engage with it, but mm-hmm. it's, it's there. Where's that? Not taking that leap as your mind is cloistering around a horrifying conclusion, meaning that this criminal, this murderer, is only halfway done mm-hmm. with the messages they wish to send. Jules cruelly being faced repeatedly with her past again and again. Startling levels of clarity, both affecting and not affecting the real world. And one night before the full moon, So many dark mysteries swirl upon the streets of London. Honestly, it's a wonder anyone is able to stay sane. And that is where we will conclude tonight's episode of Dark Was the Night. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this horrifying tale. I know I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. My dice didn't. I don't know if I'm going to sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time. And until then, have some fun and uh, sharing. Oh, did you just roll a really good number? 19. Where was that? Good question. Not, not on the rooftop. Not on the rooftop, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs>